We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! Welcome to the Mouthpiece, episode 55, year two. Today, we're going to talk about my Dodgers winning the world championship after 32 years. We got special guest, real kid poker, Daniel Negreanu, on the show to talk about his upcoming challenge with Doug Pope. We got my pick of the week. We might even talk politics. Oh, God, that could get ugly. The Mouthpiece is next. What up, what up? Welcome to the Mouthpiece, episode 55. It's Friday. Election day is one, two, three, four days away. And if you listen to the polls, it doesn't look good for Mr. Trump. But... They said that last time, so anything's possible. Uh, There's a lot of reasons uh, why I have doubt that Trump's going to win. I know a lot of Trump supporters are listening to me and they don't want to hear that. Uh, But just go out and vote and see what happens. Uh, I'm not uh, Notre Dame. I I felt in 2016 he was a lock to win. I'm not going to lie to you. My instincts uh, don't tell me that. There's many reasons for that. But whatever, it is what it is. Uh, Let's start out. My Dodgers winning the world championship. 32 years. 32 years, Dodger hat. We got my Dodgers shirt. 32 years of misery. 2017, 2018, 2019. Just so brutal. Um... I uh, I had a little bet on them. I laid a dollar ninety-five. I just felt they were gonna win, um, and uh, I won a sports bet. But I uh, that doesn't mean I'm gonna be betting anymore because I'm not going to be because you cannot win betting on sports. But I like giving out my pick of the week. We won last week with Arizona. We are now three and four on our pick of the week. Uh, we've literally had the wrong side in two of them. Uh, I think two of our losses we sh- definitely should have won, and the rest we won easy. So um, we'll uh, discuss that uh, in a little bit. Uh, we're going to take phone calls live uh, after me and Daniel talk about after about 30, 40 minutes, and then uh, we'll take about a half hour worth of phone calls, uh, and you guys can ask him what you want to ask him. Uh, let's, uh, you know, try and not be divisive on politics. I know the election's coming up Tuesday and the whole world's divided and going crazy over it. So, uh, you know, I, um, one thing I've learned from four years ago is have your opinions, but don't, don't just go crazy. You know, it's so funny. Uh, you know, we'll talk, I'll probably talk about that with Daniel. It's like, I watch so many poker players now that are, uh, that I follow that are going back to back, back and forth in politics. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that was me and Daniel four years ago. So, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Whatever happens, happens. So, um, let's see what else is going on. So, you know, I've been, uh, studying my pick of the week and, uh, we're going to get that out of the way first first but first thing I want to talk about is a free roll that's coming up it'll be next Friday afternoon at 
oh, probably three in the afternoon. It's $3,000 free roll to anybody who wants to sign up at mouthpoker at yahoo.com. Mouthpoker at yahoo.com. And we're giving away a $3,000 free roll into a tournament. It's a tournament. It'll be our first tournament on our in our home game that we have. Uh, a lot of our players wanted tournaments to be hooked up. So uh, email mouthpoker at yahoo.com. Anybody can play. Um, and uh, it's a $3,000 free roll uh, into our tournament. So... Um, that's uh what i've got going out i've uh had some problems uh with my home game with uh some uh uh little small problems so we had to reboot it uh and uh we were rebooting this friday where uh you'll be able to play well if you want to play all weekend you can play all weekend uh you can sign up uh we play one two two four no limit hold'em one two two four no limit hold'em one two two four PLO four eight limit o eight with a kill mouth poker at yahoo.com email to be eligible for our free roll three k free roll on next Friday so I wanted to get that out of the way and uh, now we're uh, gonna get this out of the way our pick of the week. Because I think me and Daniel, because when we get talking, we end up talking for a long, long period of time. So um, it's just the way it is. I'm going to go. I have been going back and forth and back and forth on my pick of the week. I mean, this is really, really tough. But I think Pittsburgh, even though they played a tough game last week, looks like the better team. Baltimore always wins in Baltimore. They always play a three-point game. Uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson just looks a shell of his MVP self from last year. Uh, so I am definitely leaning on, a little bit on them, and I'm leaning on the Jets, plus 19 and a half. And I'm also leaning on, C on San Francisco, plus three and a half. I don't think much of Seattle. I think they're the worst 5 and 1 team in football. Um it's back-to-back -back road games for San Francisco though. So that's a a big problem there. Um I'm going to go ahead and give my pick of the week as I am 3 and 4 through 7 weeks. I'm going to go with San Francisco plus 3 and a half. It's literally a must win for them. It pulls them within one game of San Seattle. For the division, I think they're a better team. I think Seattle's defense is atrocious. Um, they showed that last week against Arizona and, and a second-year quarterback. Kyle Murray just ate him up. I'm going with San Francisco plus three and a half as my pick of the week. So that's what's going on in my world. The Dodgers are world champions. Fucking Clayton Kershaw's a world champion. I told everybody Kershaw was going to get it done this year. He pitched a mat one masterful game. One game he didn't have his best stuff. Only gave up one run. The guy's a winner. He's the best pitcher of our lifetime. Probably the best pitcher since Sandy Koufax. 
Um, definitely one of the top five pitchers of all time. Congratulations to my man, Clayton Kershaw, winning the World Series. Uh, God, it was felt good. I cried for hours like a baby. I'm not going to admit it. I mean, I am going to admit it. Uh, it's just been a long time coming. So, um, are we uh, ready to go? Do we have Daniel on? Okay, let me make sure we'll get Daniel on here. And I know me and him, we're going to shoot the shit. So, I wanted to get all this stuff out of the way. And, uh, listen, the election's coming up. Um, I don't think it'll, might be decided on November 3rd. I mean, if Biden wins Florida or... Georgia, it's over November 3rd. So, um, I mean, it all depends what you believe. Uh, do you believe the polls uh, or you don't believe the polls? Either way, I really, I honestly should care, but I don't. Okay. So, we, uh, we're live uh, with Daniel. Are you there, buddy? Yes, sir. How are we gentlemen doing? We are doing good. How are you, my friend? Tired. Working stressed uh, out. Tired. Uh, working hard. Let me Got tell me you. Yeah. I'm, I mean, when you say stressed out, now you, say, you sound like Phil. He called me at one in the morning stressing out about high stakes poker today and now how he's putting 200000 of his own money up and he's nervous. I'm like, come on, Phil, dude. You you stress positivity, positivity, and you're gonna fucking whine like a bitch that you're nervous. Shut the fuck up. So well, stress doesn't. I mean, see, yeah, that's the thing. Stress and being nervous. That's not related to a negative emotion. It's just a real emotion. You know? Yeah, it's yeah. An honest. That's true. You can be stressed out and still be, you know, feel positive about the work you're doing. But like, anytime you push yourself and you work really, really hard. I mean, you should feel some stress. Like, think about it. If you're yeah. in the gym and you're not feeling any stress in your muscles, well, you're not working very hard. So. Like I have me. been working hard, so it's only natural that, you know, my mind's going to be under a lot of stress because I've been downloading four years' worth of information in four weeks. Really? Wow. So tell all the listeners why you believe you're going to beat Doug Polk. Now, we've been talking. I believe what you said, and um, they they got me to bet, like, half my bankroll on, on you, buddy. So... uh you know, I got to get you paid off, so I got to, you know, I got to bet, bet on you. You know how it works, you know? Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought you, you only put half your bankroll up. You should yeah. probably what you should have done. Just put it all put the whole bankroll up, see what you can sell or put on eBay, and maybe someone will loan you extra money for the bet because, you know, that's a smart thing to do when you're getting four to one off, right? You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, no. no. So I don't, you know, like, let's be real, okay? So I'm a very big underdog. It's opened at six to one. We're down to four to one. Oh, I thought um, it opened two to one and went and went to six to one and then missed down to four to one. I think you underestimate strongly uh, the depths and the amount of time it takes to become world class at this sort of thing. And he has been, you yeah. know, uh, in that conversation when he was playing, you know, regularly. And mm -hmm. so he's been working longer than I have too, because while I was playing the World Series of Poker, he's been doing this. So uh, I'm a substantial underdog, but I'm going to work hard at closing the gap week to week, and hopefully that you know whatever right. the gap looks like on day one. My hope is that, you know, 5,000 hands in, it's much smaller. And, right. uh, you know, we make a, a match of it and we run hot. We, you know, we have karma on our side. Yeah, we do have karma on our side. That that I agree with you. And karma is a big, big thing in, 
in poker and in life. That's for sure. So, um, I, I mean, I, I really believe that you're a world-class poker. Well, you are, there's no doubt about it. You're a world-class poker player. Your, your reading ability is second to none. Um, Doug Polk is all GTO math guy. I mean, those reading abilities and your ability to see things that maybe he doesn't see over a long period of stress, doesn't that favor you in a way where that oversets his, where he favors you? So let's talk about that term GTO because a lot of people misunderstand what the heck that means. Mm -hmm. First of all, no human being plays GTO. Nobody does. GTO is a baseline that we can look to and say, okay, is this person bluffing too much or are they bluffing not enough according to GTO? So if we know somebody's bluffing more than GTO, the adjustment that you want to make is you want to call more, right? Because they're bluffing more than they should be. If they're bluffing less than GTO, well, then you fold more, right? So Mm -hmm. the true mark of great players is kind of a hybrid between understanding GTO and where people have areas that they're exploitable and then focusing on strategies that can attack that. So for example, Mike, let's say, for example, you knew you're up against your opponent and you know he's supposed to fold here 50% of the time, okay? Okay. But you, but he actually folds 55% of the time. Okay. What should you do? What should you do against that? Uh, you should, uh, okay, if he's bluffing less than he should be, is that what you just said? No, he's bluffing 5%. No, so... He's folding. Okay. He's folding to your position. So he, he if he's bluffing you more, you should call more, uh, uh, more. If he's bluffing less, you'll you'll call 5% less, correct? Well, here's the thing, right? Theoretically, if somebody is folding 5% too often, you will make money and you are plus EV if you go all in every time. Mm-hmm. 100% of the time. Because they, if they continue to do that, then they'll be making a, 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 you know, a, a mistake that you'll be able to crop from the long run. However, if you start doing that, because we're all human, and now all of a sudden you start going all in every hand, the guy's going to go, wait a minute. You know, I've been folding too much against this guy because he's bluffing more. So now they adjust, right? right? So now maybe they're calling more than they should be. So if you continue with that strategy of going all in, now he's exploiting you, right? right? So it's always one person or the other who's doing the exploiting. It's never GTO versus GTO because um, the complicated, it's just for the human brain. Right. It's just not ever going to be possible because there's infinite numbers of, different bet sizes and game trees and all kinds of like nerdy talk we get into, but uh, no human can play GTO. So it's really, it really does come down to one of the things that he was very, very good at when he won uh, playing heads up was finding mistakes in his opponent's games. Right. Okay. Well, that's every, all the great players are, that's that's what all great players do. The difference was, the difference was the way we did it when we play live is like, we just do it based on feel and like, I think with online it's data. You're like, okay, so you break down the data and you're like, okay, this person's only C betting 27% of flops. What the hell is that all about? Right? right. So now you like you see a discrepancy and you think, OK, well, this is the tendency this player has. They're folding too many rippers or they're doing this. And you can use data to make these decisions. Whereas, like, I guess in our time, you just had to get a feel. Now, you know, I know not, on- you just explained to me why I've always struggled online and why I never lose playing live. So now, I, you know, like I was hearing you guys argue about preflop charts and I'm like, what in the fuck is a preflop chart? You know what I mean? I'm like, I've never, I've never used one. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe you could explain to our viewers and with, cause some, what our pre preflop chart is. Okay. So it's basically like, so if you've ever seen this sort of square diagram that has every possible hand plugged in. So it's start, like up here, it'll have aces, ace, king, ace, queen, ace, jack, ace, 10 suited. And then over here, it'll have ace, king, ace, queen, jack suited. So it's a, it's like a table, right? Okay. And within that you can color code 
you know, I have a picture of one right here, but I don't know if I can show it to you from, from this way. Oh. Um, and so basically, it's, it looks like a graph or whatever. And all it does for you are the basic preflop chart is to show you, okay, say, for example, you're playing heads up and you're playing an only a raise strategy. So which hands should you raise? Which hands should you fold? So, for example, on my sheet here, it will show in, um, well, what color? Let's go with, uh, oh, that's the four bet one. Hold on, chart. So basically, it'll show you, so it'll show you like, okay, in, in beige, it'll show you the hands you should re-raise with, right? In green is all the hands you call with. And then the purple are the folds. So if you're playing heads up, it basically tells you, all right, every time you have jack five offsuit and your opponent raises, you should fold. If you have jack six offsuit, you should mostly call, right? It gives you basically a fundamentally sound strategy to playing pre-flop. It shows you, for example, all right, the more complex it gets is like three betting, right? Well, how often should you three bet your opponent? And it gives you sort of the hand ranges and it also does it sometimes with a mixed strategy. So say for example, someone three bets you and you want to four bet with tens, well, you should do that roughly half the time. And you can see that in a chart based on the color coding. So that's what a pre-flop chart does. Um, most people that play at a high level have a you know pretty good understanding of it. I don't use them. I don't use them because I essentially memorized for the most part my main lines and you know what hands I'm going to be playing in, in certain positions. So right. and also it's just it's not that big of an advantage either way, even if you are playing perfectly, because there's just very little edge in in the in the pre-flop battle there. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, because I was, I was, and then I saw yesterday you guys agreed to you're going to use anybody can use all charts and all data because it's the same for both people. Is that what you guys? Well, here was the here was the issue, right? So he reached out to me and said, like, because we we agreed on no charts, and then he's like, well, can I make notes during the match? And I thought, well, that seems fair and reasonable, like we're playing the match. And then because then you can be like, well, you know, obviously use these notes from match to match, right? Right. You can't carry them with you. So really, you could essentially on a piece of paper write down the exact pre-flop game tree that you want to play right. and have that and note. So it's really not that much different. So I was like, all right, because there are notes that I want to have with me that my crew, you know, will prepare in terms of adjustments and things, uh, you know, that I want to be doing as well. So I felt like, okay, I want notes because notes is part of the game. You know, you can do that while you're playing live. You can have your iPhone. I have a whole thing in here of player tells, by the way. Let me see if I got mic them out. I don't know. I might. So I have a, in, my, in my phone, which is totally fair. Right? I sit down at a new table. I'm like, all right. Jason Kuhn, what do I got on Jason? Ah, okay. Posture, blah, 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 this and that. And so note-taking is part of the game. And if we're going to allow note-taking, I guess, you know, you can have your charts too. Yeah. So um, so exactly, uh, I, I, I saw you uh, put out, uh, I think yesterday, you guys are playing the first 200 hands live at the Poker Go studio. Is that correct? Yes, we are. They are... Um, they're doing a really good job. They got clearance from uh, Nevada Gaming to run uh, events. They have two nurses on staff that are doing live testing. As you know, high stakes poker is going on right now yeah. so that players can play without a mask and feel free. And they're all being tested on site. Two hour turnaround on those tests. So unfortunately, we can't get that universally across the country. We should. We're yeah. supposed to be the leader in that area, but yeah. you know, hey, totally sidebar. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so um, the plan is to go to the studio 200 hands should take about four or five hours. And then the remainder of the match will be played on WSOP.com. And we'll be playing over two tables every other day, yeah. at least two hour sessions. And they'll be streamed on my YouTube channel and other places too. Well, it'd be nice. Like, even though it's only 200 out of 25,000 hands, you know, I think you have a kind of an edge there. Um, I mean, maybe you could get up like 
like 30 or 40,000 real quick. Well, yeah, that's not very much, right? That's one buy-in. Yeah. Um, in what we're playing because the buy-in is 40,000 like that, you know, that's a hundred big blinds. Yeah. The, the, the concern for me, and it's fine because we'll, we'll do what we have to, is that he's going to see my whole cards for the first 200 hands. I didn't want to show my whole cards because I mm -hmm. feel like, you know, he's very, very good at picking apart what yeah. I may be doing in terms of whether they're mistakes or whether they're good um, and adjust to that, right? We'll obviously do the same thing, but because he's more advanced at this format, I think it, it you know serves him well. Having said that, I obviously watching poker on TV without whole cards is really boring and lame. Yeah. Right. So I felt <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, for 200 hands, I'll bite the bullet and be like, all right, let's, let's do that. Um, yeah. For 200 hands. And then we'll make the adjustments we have to for the online portion. Yeah. So, I mean, why are you doing this? I mean, I've heard that question from many people. I personally reached out to you like, why are you giving him a platform? Is it just that you just want to just bash his face in so bad? Or is it because, you know, I mean, tell me. Well, really, it's the first time he's ever challenged me. Okay. You know, he's obviously attacked me mercilessly, basically right. making a smear campaign for years. But this was the first time he's like, all right, let's play heads up. And I thought to myself, all right, it's COVID year. Not a lot going on in the poker world. Right. Everybody wants to see this. It doesn't mean anything, right? It's like, oh, if he wins, he's supposed to win. If I win, awesome. Like, it doesn't actually have any meaning past it'll be entertaining, I think, for people to watch. And everybody wants to see it. And I thought to myself, all right, well, I have a lot of free time at home. You know, maybe it's worth studying and working on my heads up game and uh, challenging him. And, like, the way that I see it, all I have to lose really is money. And I have money, so I'm good there. Uh, outside of that, like, I mean, outside of you, which is scary to me, you and Phil Helm, you think I'm a, like, a huge favorite. That's scary to me. I don't think but you're a huge people... favorite. I just, I, I'm betting on somebody who I think is maybe a dollar thirty dog, and I'm getting four to one. I don't, yeah, I don't think I, you're a favorite. I'm just yeah. being a realist. It's like if you if you bet on a match that you know the guy is a dollar thirty favorite, and they're saying, oh, instead of a plus one twenty, I'm giving you four to one. I'm taking the four to one. That that's where I'm thinking. We don't we don't think you're a favorite. We just we we just think the price is ridiculous. That's all. Yeah, no, I I, I think the price is a little bit high because also a lot of the data and the research that I've looked at, it is theoretically possible to have a five to ten percent edge on somebody and heads up and lose eighty buy-ins, like going an eighty buy-in downswing, which seems impossible. No, right? I know but that. I've played enough head up to know that. That 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 you could go on massive downswings. Um, I I just I, the reason what I say is like I know that you if he thinks that you are going to be some like me and Phil were talking. It's like the old saying goes is like if you think you are that much better than a top player and you could just run them over, you need to reevaluate. And you know. I you know I got some inside information of people that know him and he's like like running around saying oh, I can't lose this is free money uh -huh. and, he, and somebody said you need to take Daniel seriously he says no I don't and so I now he could just be talking that but this person's a pretty good friends with him and uh so you got to me I got one guy who I know has took it seriously who I know is a better overall poker player and getting four to one on, I just don't think you're a four to one dog. And that's, you know, I, I just think there'll be a time where, where with 3000 hands to go, this match will be close one way or another. And I'm going to be seeing what happens getting four to one. That's all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, I hope you're right. And as I said, I think 
because I've had a limited amount of time to work and I've, it's funny because the more I learn, it's, it's like the old saying, you know, like the more you learn, it's like a, there's a diagram. The more you learn, the more you realize you don't, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know, right? Right. So opening up this new Pandora's box of information and data and like realizing, all right, I'm getting, I, you know, every time I feel like I'm super confident, got to figure it figured out, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I just hit the tip of the iceberg of uh, work that I have to do in order to prepare myself. The good news for me is, is as I said, you know, I can sort of, take the beginning of the match at a slower pace and really sort of dissect what's happening, work with my guys, you know, make adjustments. And my, my hope is that relatively quickly, I'm able to close the gap or may, you know, whatever the case may be. And I do believe that I'm unique in that regard. I think a lot of people who have spent four to five years on something, um, I already have like 20 years of play under my belt. So I understand poker. So as soon as it clicks for me, where I'm like, I get what you're saying now, I grasp things very, very quickly. So mm -hmm. I've been able, like the guys that I work with have been frankly very impressed with how quickly I've been able to just drill things into my mind. Like there are certain things now that I can do in real time that are pretty complex. Like um, I don't want to say too much specifically right. in case people are listening, but yeah. like breaking down hands in a theoretical methodical way is so different than when we played poker because me and mike you know you look at a guy and you're like this guy's got shit raise right, right. Yeah. well that's not how you can play online poker in two tables in two line you got to like look at the situation go, all right you know what bluffs what 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 value combos can he have here what bluff combos can he have here what price right. am i being laid you know and, and all right. that stuff so right. um yeah so it's a it's a different way of thinking but it, it, you know this is where i think you and phil both and i know you've been more open to it than right. phil has would do yourself a great service instead of poo-pooing and being like, ah, these fucking stupid GTO shits. Like instead of shitting on it, like actually realize that if you incorporated some of that stuff into your game, it would only make you way better. Oh, I like, know that. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, just going, we'll push that stupid yeah. uh, for all you listening right now or watching, like don't go there because these kids yeah. that work really hard on this stuff, they're no, really fucking good and they're right. good because they're using this stuff. There's nothing that holds you or helm you back from doing that outside of with Phil, you know how he is. He's like, well, yeah. I invented GTO. So yeah, no, <laughs> Phil, Phil's the Donald Trump of poker. It's like, um, he, uh, it's like, uh, he knows everything. He's the greatest. It's tremendous. It's, 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 uh, yeah. There you go. There you go. What'd you say? Cause mm -hmm. I'm good at no limit. Hold them. Oh yeah. Okay. And, and so, uh, that's the tro the problem with Phil, but, uh, but if Phil, I tell Phil all the time, if he puts the work in, you know, my ROI is the best ROI in history. I'll say that. <laughs> Danny, you're funny. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I know that, that it's important to put the work in and put some time in. And, uh, you know, I uh, even the World Series this year, I cashed 12 out of 24. I had a chance to win a couple. It just didn't work well. You had a, a, a really good job uh, online this year. And, uh, you know, I, I never played tournaments. So I know if I put in the work uh, – you know, it, it would really be, be different, you know? Yeah. There? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of, imp it, you know, it's, it, it's the old saying goes, I, I tell people all the time, my dad told me this when he was alive and when I was growing up, his son, in life, you, you if you work hard enough, you can have anything. And, and same with poker, you, and that's why I, I, I bet on you. I, I just know you've put the work in. I know you work hard. And it's not that I'm thinking you're a favorite. I just, 
I just want to get four to one who's somebody I think might be at, at most a dollar fifty dog. So, uh, I mean, if you could do that throughout your whole life, I mean, you'd make a lot of money, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, again, and I, I saw Jonathan Little did a really good breakdown of mm-hmm. um, just doing the math on the bet and whether or not four to one is a good price. And Jonathan Little felt like it was. And mm-hmm. essentially, for that to be right, uh, I would have to win the match 25% of the time, right? Right. So what you can do is you can use a variance calculator and mm-hmm. figure out, all right, well, how big of a, a favorite does he have to be to do that? So we use a, uh, a metric called big blinds per hundred, right? So how many big blinds per hundred do you beat somebody for? Well, for him to be a winning bet at uh, four to one, he'd have to win at least eight big blinds per hundred hands, okay? Which he has done in the past against mm-hmm. a lot of players. Now, my hope is that like for example if i'm only losing five big lines per hundred you're printing because mm-hmm. i don't have to win the bet if, if i actually i think he said if i'm losing five big lines per hundred i would win the match 39 percent of the time right which is you know 60 40. um so if i can get to that number then you you know you got a really good bet if it's eight you know now it's it's pretty close to an even money bet but if it's more and he absolutely just destroys me and picks me apart you know, now you're making a bad bit because I'm not a favorite when 25% of the time in that I, case. I just don't see that. That's, you know, that's what I'm saying. Well, we'll see what we'll see when, uh, when the match begins. Wow. So, um, uh, how's, how's life going, man? How things been going for you? Well, life's great. Like me and my wife, we're both, uh, we like staying home, but we really enjoy it. And she's done the whole upstairs and she's got it all, you know, she added her touch to it. Um, so as, and I know that for a lot of people, like, you know, the lockdown and stuff was like really problematic and nice. uh, it wasn't, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not happy about it, of course, you know, but, but for us, we've been pretty blessed, you know, I'm yeah. financially okay. And, you know, we can stay home and, you know, take little risks and stuff like that. So for us, it's been really good. Like we yeah. bonded, we've gotten closer over the, you know, the, the whole thing. And well, that's what I figured. It's like, it, it, unfortunately, uh, with my girl, it's gone the opposite way. It's going to do one or the other. It's going to make you bond or it's going to make you hate each other worse. Uh, so it's been tough on me. I've gone through, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's been, I've had some really depressing days. I, I struggle with, I mean, the, and I, oh, you know me, I, I struggle with depression over my life. And, and these, uh, when you start looking at walls over and over and then you're by yourself and you're, and you, and you're, you know, I've had some tough days I'm not, mentally, but overall, I mean, the 2020 has been uh, the best year um, financially for me since 2013, uh, I've been able to get on my feet, uh, got some, you know, I've gotten invited to some home games and, and, uh, you know, things have been good in that area, but, uh, and I'm fortunate, like you said, you're, we're, we're fortunate, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't fortunate and my heart bleeds to those people, you know, that are, that are struggling, uh, with this fucking pandemic, you know, kind of, it just sucks, you know, but it, it is what it is, and you got to make the best of it, and, um, you know, that's it. So, um, you know, a year ago at this time, or four years ago at this time, we fucking hated each other, and uh, four years oh, I later... I still fucking hate you. Are you crazy? I know. Jesus. And, you know, <laughs> but four years later, you know, I look at it, and I was telling somebody the other day, right, because, you know, I watch a lot of people on poker Twitter, and they're they're going back and forth. Trump's the worst. Trump's the best. Da, da, da. And I'm thinking to myself, and I'm looking at him. I'm thinking, man, that was me and Daniel four years ago. I'm like, we, we, we were fucking insane, you know. But listen, it's good to have a passion no matter what side you vote for. I tell people all the time, I don't care what side you vote for. Go out and fucking vote. 
it's important to do, you know, and, um, you know, it's, uh, listen, I know it's, it's very divisive. It sucks, but, uh, you know, it's, we'll see what happens. You know, I, I honestly, I've told you this in person. I've told, I have no idea, no problems telling it to thousands of people, you know, if people want to support Trump because of his policies, that's good. Um, but, it, and I say, if you don't like his policies and you hate them, that's good. But, you know, um, and, and people will say, they'll argue with me. And I know a lot of people get mad when I say this. Trump showed during COVID that he's not a leader. Okay. Now you could say anything else you want. Wrong. Shut up. And, and, and I don't, and the thing is, is, is now if, if you can understand and deal with the fact and you, and, and you love his policies like I do, and you want to eat it, eat the bullet and bite for him. You know, that's fine. But I mean, like his lack of leadership skills was exposed when he showed no empathy for a country that was scared to death for months. And uh, and I just, you know, I see that. And anybody that that doesn't see that is just an idiot. So, you know, you have to ask yourself, uh, do you want some? The thing is, is, I always tell people, you know, I have no problem. My girl don't have problem. I kind of do. My girl has a, doesn't have a problem. A lot of people don't. But like. Little, you know, if you have kids, man, your kids look up to your president. They don't want to hear somebody say the things he says. You know, I, I wouldn't want my young kid if I had a young kid say. Like, how things. do you tell your five-year-old who's calling people names at school? Correct. You know, like no, not yeah. to do that and be a good boy when the leader of the free world is, you know, mocking people and calling them nicknames and. Yeah. And that's the, that's my big problem that I have with Trump. Okay, it's like I truly believed he'd be more presidential. Um, I, and I'll never forget, this is the thing where I said, you gotta be kidding me. It was like, like two months or a month after he was inaugurated when he was fighting with Arnold Schwarzenegger on Twitter about ratings with the apprentice. I thought it was a joke. I thought they were like good friends and, and they were joking, but as it ends up, he was serious and his whole presidency ended up being like that. And I, I just don't, you know, a lot of people, I know I'm going to get shit from the people on the right that follow me when I say this, but you know, and they'll say, "Oh, you're pandering to Daniel." No, it's not. I, I, I it's how I feel. I mean, you know? Whether you whether you're voting for him or like him or not, you have to admit he's just a fucking asshole. Like he's the a guy moron. acts like an asshole. I, so I you know, like you said, if you and here's the thing, you know, you, you talk about his policies a lot, and I wonder, like, if if you really think about it, does this guy really understand much of what's actually happening, or is he mostly a bullshitting con artist who has other people in the Republican Party, Mitch McConnell in the Senate? You know, really making, but I, this guy doesn't read. Like he doesn't read books. You know, they, they've they've said that like if you want him to read something, it has to be one page in bullet form, and he doesn't have the attention span to go deep into issues. So his knowledge base of issues is very very minimal. Yet he does things which make him a really bad leader. In this in this sense, it's like he says things like, "I know more about war than the generals. I know more about science than the scientists. I know more about Omaha Eater better than Mike Madison." Right? It's like well, it's when he like- does. That's Again. the sign of a leader. That's why with a guy like Biden, and listen, obviously Biden, you know, has his issues as well. And right. maybe not the, you know, the ultimate wasn't my first choice or whatever. But the, at the very least, he understands that he wants to surround himself with the smartest people in the room and then listen to them on things that they're experts on and then make policy decisions based off of that. Well, with Trump, the problem is this. Wherever you stand, if you stand against him, he attacks you mercilessly. Right. Mercil- no, it, I agree. So, I agree. Fauci, he 
makes Lindsey Graham the enemy. Anyone who's been in his, that he hired, because, you know, he only hires the best people. All these people he hired that later went to jail or got fired or whatever, they were awful, they were stupid, they were dumb. I'm like, you hired them, and now you're firing them. So that's the issue with him, is he runs things much like a dictator in the sense that, you know, if you do not stand exactly aligned with him, he will come after you and attack you mercilessly. And, 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 and you know what? I agree with you. Uh, um, but, you know, it, again, it's like you have to, you have, the, the choice basically is, are, can you, can you accept that and go with somebody who you, we, we, we know that the, uh, the economy was record. Everything was record before COVID came. Um, a lot of people love his policies, what he's done. Um, or do you want to grow and vote for a 47 year politician who really hasn't done much in 47 years? So, I mean, that's basically the contrast. And uh, well, but not exactly, too, because I'll tell you what, this is so crazy to me because this is so blatantly obvious. And it goes all the way back from Reagan to, to Clinton back then to Bush to Obama, to now, okay? Each and every time, when Clinton took office, the economy was at a low. By the time he left, the economy was on the upswing. Obama entered in 2008 during the auto bailout issue and the financial crisis in the financial sector. So the country was in a low. Within eight years, he had the economy on a continual uptick, right? So Mm -hmm. Trump comes into office, it's obviously on the same uptick, right? And one of the reasons for that is, at the highest levels, like Trump's policies really help you if you're not you, Mike, but mm-hmm. like if you're really, really wealthy and you're really, really rich and you have a lot of stock and all that, it helps you. It That's the thing. It does not help you so much because right. what ends up happening is the bottom falls out. So whoever comes in next when Trump's done will have a huge mess to clean up. And part of that mess is, you know, the leftover issues, you know, related to the pandemic. Right. Because as you said, you know, he hasn't handled this as well as he could, mm-hmm. partly because of cuts to CDC and, you know, people that were overseeing what's going on in China to make sure that uh, nothing spreads or at least they're on top of it and things like that and have a deeper understanding. So it's constantly this case of the economy looks good because Republicans are like, we lower taxes, rich people get rich, da, 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 da. But then the bottom falls out because where does that money go for education, for healthcare, for all these types of things? It's gone because the billionaires and trillionaires now all have just bigger yachts and more of them. But I, I, I mean, you know, I, I've had people call. I have a lot of people call into my show that own businesses. I, I've had a, a podcast where I ask for people to call in that that have businesses between, I don't know, anywhere between 10 and 30 employees. And I had about four different people call in and I asked them, um, is your business better under Trump or under Obama and everyone would say that the regulations that Obama put on literally destroyed their business and when Trump lifted the regulations it allowed them to thrive what do you, I mean like when you hear that what do you say to people like that well I mean I, I would obviously I don't know who said it and it's yeah. you know like Trump does this a lot where like people are saying many people are saying but when I look at the actual facts and the numbers mm-hmm. you know and I look at Obamacare specifically right mm-hmm. Republicans have talked about we have a repeat. We're going to repeal and replace. Mm-hmm. We have a new plan. It's great. It's beautiful. It's two weeks away. Yeah. It's been two weeks away for five no, years. No, now. I, been, no, I agree with you. Yeah. They give no. this, there's just like literally no plan. And he's almost done his first term. Right. So here's the issue. Obviously, when Obamacare went through, there was a lot of people unhappy with it. Right. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't the full plan that the Democrats wanted to pull through. Mm-hmm. He had to work with the other side. This is at a time where that was possible. 
Right. Partisan politics, that, that, that's over now. Like, there's no more doing that. It's just right. if you have the majority, you get to do what you want, period. We're not uh, getting both sides to agree on anything. So yeah. here's what people, like, don't look at when they look at Obamacare. The rate the rate of, like, the cost for people's, med, you know, Medicare costs were going up at a very, very high rate. They continued to under Obama, but at a more tapered level. They were not skyrocketing quite as high. They somewhat leveled up. They did still go up for a lot of people, you know, the right. cost of health care. But there, it did do a lot of things that Trump says we're going to do, you know, people with pre-existing conditions. I'm like, well, we already have that, right? So if you don't have a plan to replace completely Obamacare, right, why not look to see how you can improve it and make it better? Every civilized country in the entire world has uh, healthcare as a right, right? In America, we, we tout the Second Amendment right. We all have the right to, you know, bear arms. Great. But what about the right to affordable healthcare? Like, shouldn't that Trump Pardon the pun. Everything yeah. else, you right? know, we're gonna we're we're gonna take some phone calls in a little bit, and we're gonna see, you know, uh, what people have to ask you and stuff. And uh, hopefully, it'll be a lot about your match and not so much about politics, because I know politics is pretty divisive. But you know, I, I agree with you. What you say, you can't just sit, repeal, and replace Obamacare. We know it had problems, and then we're four years later. Oh, it's. I, it's going to be great. Well, we've been here. It's going to be great forever. And uh, I mean, where's the plan? I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sitting there just. These are the things that I dislike about Trump, the things that you have just mentioned. Um, but, you know, there is a lot of things I do like about him. Well, isn't, uh, isn't there a major concern for you that he's, he owes four, the president of the United States owes four hundred and twenty one million dollars to foreign entities that we don't know who they are, what they do, where they're from, because he won't release his tax returns. That puts you in a very compromising position as the leader of the free world. This comes a long way from when Carter had to sell his little like cherry tree because you know he didn't want to have a conflict of interest. Meanwhile, Trump has buildings in a lot of different countries and does business and uses taxpayer dollars to take golf trips and to visit Mar-a-Lago, his yeah. own properties, which he ups, ups, you know, he charges three, four X the price to the government. So it's the taxpayer who's paying for all this stuff. So like there, like that's a major concern for me going forward. The amount of like the, or the ability for him to say before the election, the first one, he says, I will release my tax returns. He promised he would. And he hasn't. He continues to hang on to this baloney, which is an audit that's a never ending. And the reason for that is he knows yeah. there's going to be things that are unpopular in there and possibly incriminated. Yeah. So, I mean, like a lot of people talk about like like uh, how Democrats allowed U.S. companies overseas uh, and didn't do anything. They put all their jobs overseas um, and uh, Biden was all part of getting the China into the World Trade Organization. And and now when the pandemic hit, you know, it showed that having our our um, uh, medicine overseas was a big downside where Trump has been saying this since 1987 about China. And now that when the when the pandemic hits, everything he said comes to fruition. Uh, there's where you have most of your Trump's voters. What do you say to that? Well, I say, like, here's the thing. Who are we as America? Right. Historically, mm -hmm. we've been allies with Europe, with Australia, with Canada. Um, you know, and all those countries are considered allies, part of NATO, part of making the world a better place. What does it look like now? We're alienating those people, embracing Kim Jong-un. He has never said even 1% of a negative thing about a man in Russia, named Vladimir Putin, who literally poisons his opposition, right, that run against him. And, you know, 
he's aligned himself with dictator types. Because well, he's, he's trying to make he's trying to make a deal. You got to make to make a deal. You got to you got to you know that like if you want to get something done or your agent wants to get something done, you suck up. You, you make you, you say, hey, we're offering this. We're offering this. We're offering this. So, I mean, you can't it, it's not a. One thing I do agree, it's 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 a good thing to be friends with Putin. It's a good thing well, to try and get along with Well, but here's the thing. Do we really want to, isolationist, America first, blah, 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 isolate ourselves from the rest of the free world? Is that, like, good for the economy here? No, nope. but I think that, that I think so it's important that we don't start foreign wars, spend $6 trillion on foreign wars, and Trump's the first president in 39 years that didn't start a foreign war. Uh, what do you say? I mean, when you say people see that, you know, these are what people— you know that on the on the right they they see that and they they like him you see what i'm saying so what i do is i look at what are the people in the cabinet that work in the national security mm -hmm. you know that have been doing it for 30 40 years fbi and all these people and, and like listening to what they have to say about the dangerous alliances we're making with the corrupt and dangerous dictatorships of the world rather than the democratic states and looking at what trump wants to create right so you know he's he's on record as Thing. he's not committing to a peaceful transfer of power that's one of the scariest uh, things a president could say we've uh, always come had on that. but you know, hillary still hasn't happens, still hasn't accepted the results of the election she still hasn't respect she's she, she, but there was a, listen first of all she's not the president she wasn't the president and it was over and you know like she didn't she wasn't in power and stayed in power trump is literally saying he's not committing uh, to saying that if the vote says i'm out I'll leave. No, right? he and said that. He said if, it, if if the votes say I'm out and and the courts come back in court shows that nothing nefarious was done, he said I'd step down. Uh, no, I he did that. not. He did. No, he he, he clarified it like three days later. Uh, I definitely he said, heard. So basically, he's going to fight it in the courts, and he's going to try to get courts to uh, uh to to take every mail-in ballot and every ballot that came in before. And this is what he does. He did this in the last election too. He throws it out where he says. It's going to be rigged, right? It's going to be rigged. The election's rigged. Everything's rigged against you, right? So now, if he loses, it's rigged. If he loses big, it's obviously rigged. If he wins by a little, well, he would have won by more if it wasn't rigged, right? So unless he wins in a landslide, and even if he does, he says, we won in a landslide, you know, despite it being rigged. So what he does is he sets the table in such a way where no matter what, he's the winner, but it actually tears down the trust we have in our democratic in a democratic system like he's constantly saying mm -hmm. that us uh, um what do you call it that our democracy is corrupted by the point like that the vote doesn't matter is mm -hmm. what he's saying right and he's he's having people believe in this on both sides yeah right because i mean i i, I think there's some truth to it but i think mm -hmm. it comes from the other side and yeah. the, he thinks it comes from the democrat he thinks there's it's a whole bunch of buses you know that's the thing that's funny it's like you know and i'm glad you know like in the yeah, four years ago, we can never talk and debate politics, which I really love doing this. I love debating politics, you know, but I say to myself, it's like, like you say that and what like we're going to get some callers here. It'll be funny. And the people who who think on the other side say, oh, it's the Democrats are all doing it and they're blaming on the Republicans and the Democrats say well, it's the Republicans the are all doing it. Which yeah. group, which group wants less people to vote? Which group actively wants to make it more difficult and, and have less people vote. And it's on record, Republican strategists flat out saying well, that the only, and Trump himself saying that if everyone votes, a Republican could never win ever again. 
because they're very good at this. The Republicans are way better at politics than the Dems. The Dems but, are pussies by, by, by comparison. But These guys are brazen. They are brazen. They will gerrymander. They will vote express. They will say, in, with Obama having one year left, one full year to appoint a Supreme Court justice, say, oh, no, 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 no. We should well, let the people decide. What they should have done. People vote. Hold on. Hold yeah. on. We should let the people vote, right? Now, the, like just three years later, they give All zero right. fucks about the hypocrisy where no. millions of people have already voted. Right. And now right. you're appointing a Supreme Court during an election. And it's like literally three years ago. And they just give no fucks. So well, here, and that's here's where I agree with you on that. Yeah, they're like ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> here's where I agree with you on that. And I disagree. What the Republicans should have done four years ago is say we have an election coming up. We are we have the majority in the Senate and we're not going to confirm a judge. So that's why we're not going to put the vote forward. Instead, I will agree with you. They did say, oh, it's an election year. Let the people vote. So I agree with you. That is hypocrisy. Now, when there, there, a judge has been um, not, uh, nominated and confirmed 29 times when the, the, the person who owns the Senate also owned the presidency. So their messaging four years ago should have been, we have the Senate we're not confirming the judge, so we're not going to put a vote forward. Instead, I agree with you. What they did is complete hypocrisy. Yeah. So basically, if you tell the truth, which would have been Mitch McConnell being there with his fucking chin coming out of his ass, saying, you know what? We're going to do whatever we can to fuck Obama during this period. And I've done a good job. He said it on Hannity. He's like, well, basically, because, you know, Obama didn't appoint that many judges in comparison mm-hmm. to Trump. And Mitch McConnell's like, you know, that, that's because of me. <laughs> yeah. That fucking guy is the Grim Reaper, as far as I'm that's concerned. Funny. I like, I, I, my, I tell you, he's, I, he's actually, he's actually you know, intelligent, too. He's scary. I talked to my uh, my good friend Ashley last night. We talk politics all the time. She's very far left, but we also have good uh, constructive uh, conversation about what we like and we don't like. And we, I'm gonna, we're gonna start taking phone calls after this. But our basic thing is, if our media, if the media had libel laws and they were held accountable every time they lied, and they put term limits on every one of these motherfuckers, including Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, all these fucking people, this country would thrive. If there was a two-term term limit, so a senator, 12 years, a house person, four years, a fucking, uh, we have on the uh, presidency, two terms. And we put term limits on, and then the media is held completely accountable every time we lo- they, they lie, um, we, we'd have a good country. Right now, I think those are the biggest problems right. in the but country. Unfortunately, then Fox News would just cease to exist. Well, like, I mean, you say country. that, but I say that there's way more. I mean, I think CNN is all propaganda. So, a matter of fact, I don't believe, I don't think you could get two out of ten things they ever say that's ever true. So, uh, All right. But, well, you know what we could do? What? You and me and you, we could do this. How about we do a fun fact check thing? We'll watch one week, or we'll basically look at facts, and we'll okay. see after fact checking, how close oh, yes. to true one is versus the other. Yes! Oh, that's He's the greatest the one yet. The only thing is, after this, you might become a Republican. That's the only There's thing. Zero chance I would cut my own fucking dick off and stick it in my own ass. That's impossible. Oh, baby. I can't wait to watch that one. Can we videotape that? <laughs> What's that? Can oh, we videotape shit. that one? I'm <laughs> about people's ass but i think putting my own dick in my own ass is okay right yeah sure as long as you're not doing it to i think you did it to or doing it to other people uh after you got knocked beaten a hand earlier this year or something like that i don't know all (laughs) right so let's open up the phone lines uh hold on one second 
Later. The mouthpiece. If you'd like to take part in our phone call segment, you can give us a call at 702-329-0480. And if you're a snowflake or a pussy and you don't want to talk to me, you can email me at mouthpiecepodcast at gmail.com. Also, follow me at the Mouth Mattiso on Twitter for times that our call-in segment will be Live. Call us now live 702-329-0480 uh, We'll talk We can ask Daniel and me any questions you want About his challenge About poker About politics uh, Anybody that calls and gets nasty on the phone In any way I will hang up on them So be polite Call in And uh Ask me and Daniel whatever you want. All right. Welcome to the mouthpiece. This is Mike and Daniel. How's it going? What's up, Mike? Daniel? I'm a big fan of you guys. I've been watching you guys forever. Cool, man. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Uh, I love you guys, both of you. Uh, you got any questions for us? Well, I was going to ask Daniel. Daniel's a Democrat, huh? huh yes. Daniel? That is correct, so yes. What, what do you think about the... Hunter Biden scandal. Yeah, this one is really, really... It's funny because you call it a scandal and it's actually kind of silly to me because I'll tell you why. This was really funny to me. I couldn't believe that Rudy Giuliani actually tried to sell this. So the theory is that Hunter Biden, who lives in Los Angeles, flew to New York, okay, to drop his laptop off so that he can get it for $85 looked at by a blind person. I'm not making this up. That's not true. This is The place he dropped it off was three blocks from his house. The laptop from hell. blind guy. But so, so this blind guy, supposedly who's working on his laptop, who can't see, but decides to YOLO, go inside and look inside the emails to see if there's anything oh, in there. I, I agree. It's it's some, it doesn't Hold sound on. good. It does Hold on. And then, no, it's bullshit. And then it, sound, and then it gets in Rudy Giuliani's hands somehow because Rudy's mm-hmm. always looking for dirt, right? What they're trying to do is recreate the 2016, 2016 Hillary scandal. There's nothing here. It's been investigated. It's like mm-hmm. nothing. There's absolutely no sign of any corruption and it has been investigated by independent you know uh investigators both on the republican and the democratic well, side and the fbi and it's been clear so what do you think about that guy, that besides, guy that besides, hold on hunter biden isn't running for president like it's not like what trump did which he brought ivanka jared his son and no. put him in cabinet positions which is nepotism and it's a dangerous trend we don't want that hunter has nothing to do with the campaign He's his son, and he loves his son. And in the in the text message, it says, "Listen, I love you, son." The guy had a drug problem, yeah. you know. He beat but it, what, and I think. I mean, what do you think of this Bobolinsky? I mean, he came with all the emails. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. came with all, uh, showed all the the no, evidence wait, that no, they didn't were. Didn't Tucker Carlson say that he was stuff, right? and it, he got lost oh. in the mail? All the documents got lost in the no, mail. No, they got it back. They found it back. And oh, and, and there, they they I mean, there is UPS. UPS did send uh saying they apologize for it. So it's like, but it, it there's a lot of things that don't make sense on that. I agree with you. Um, I believe it's true, but the way they're selling it, something ain't right. I don't know what, but it ain't right. So. Well, it's, it's basically, look, here's the FBI? thing. Joe Biden in 47 years has never owned stock in a company, okay? Mm-hmm. So when you talk about like being pure in that regard, like you can you can say maybe he hasn't done much in 47 years. That's fine. But like as far as being corrupt and working with companies and taking advantage, like that's not clear what or that there is no evidence of that. He hasn't even owned stock in companies. Now, if you wanted to do like look at the, the shoe on the other foot, we've never had 
more uh, you know allegations and convictions of corruption when it comes to Trump University, complete scam. When it comes to their charities, stealing money from it, taking you know you know money out of that, and like owing foreign countries hundreds of millions of dollars is the president of the United States. Like we want to look for a scandal on those lines, and you got Hunter Biden over here versus Trump. I mean. Somebody, somebody, somebody just put in this text. They said to ask Daniel, how did Joe Biden get rich off 174000 a year where he's literally making $10 million a year now? Did he miraculously just... I believe just... it's all on record as books, like a, yeah. the book that he, that now, he wrote. All right. Now, me... hold on. So go ahead. You would... go ahead. His tax... Wait, hold on. Has Biden shown his tax record? Yeah, he public, paid three point right? five million in taxes last year. Record. Joe Biden has shown every year of his tax record. The only president in history that did not is the corrupt one that we have right now because he's got a whole bunch of shit to hide. There's no reason this audit thing is complete bullshit. No audits last this long where he couldn't release a single year of any part of his taxes. It's bullshit. He's lying. He said he was going to show them. He's not showed them. He said he's got health care. He's got nothing. He said he's going to build this beautiful wall and Mexico is going to pay for it. He lied to your ass, and that's what he continues to do. But Dan, are Hold you scared though that the the world will change if Biden does take over? Do you think that they're going to take him out of office and put Kamala in there? That's what scares me. That's what scares I, me. What do you think of that, Daniel? I love Come Kamala. On, Daniel, Harris. I, I'm super excited to have her be the president. Oh, I hate you her imagine guts. having imagine having once again an actual oh, intelligent scary. person who understands policy and understands the rule of law and understands how to prosecute it and actually you know graduated from school on their own merits and is actually intelligent. I'd be more than happy to see Kamala, see, Kamala that's, Harris. See, that's, the- that's the problem I have. I'm the opposite. I think she's an evil person. Uh, if I really thought Joe Biden was going to run the country, um, there's a chance, I mean, I could lean the other way. I'm not going to lie, but I, I just hate Kamala, and I'm really scared of her running the country. So, Well, wouldn't Nancy Pelosi be the vice president? So uh, That's what I was told, or is that not true? Um, that, she she would be, I think. Yes, third, she, would. she would be third in line. So, you know, if obviously if it was Biden and if something were happen, would happen to Kamala, uh, then, you know, she would be next in line because she's right. yes, much like Mitch McConnell would be on the other side. Right. All right. What are your let- thoughts about them closing the economy down for the virus? I mean, I'm not scared of the virus. I don't wear masks. I no. think it's overrated. But I'm not scared think? of it either. But you know what? I, I That's the only thing that does scare me. Um, I don't, I, I don't know what Daniel's opinion on that is, is do you, do you think that, that he would go that far and close, close the, the country back up? Okay. First of all, you know, Trump has been running this show, right? Cause no, he's the I, guy and he, he takes zero. He says he takes zero responsibility, zero for, for what's well, happening. That's just narcissism. That's just narcissism. That's all. He so, said that, you know, from, yeah, from that. As far as, um, the question was related to what was the question again? Uh, if the, would the uh, would, would Biden close the country back up again? We're yeah, going to hang no, up with you on that because we're going to have to take another call in a second. Go ahead. Oh, okay. We can see we can see what's worked across the world, right? If Trump would have said this at his rallies instead of what he does, he mocks people who wear masks, thinks some of them stupid or whatever, right? How does it harm you or hurt you to just show respect to your neighbor? Why not go up there in your rallies and say, you know what a true pra- American patriot does? A true American patriot. You know, looks out for our fellow neighbor and we take care of each other. And even though, you know, the risk is very small for you, it might not it might be mm-hmm. grave for your family members and the two hundred and something thousand people who yeah. have come, you know, who have That's died from. Right. So why not? What is yeah. the problem? I agree. With us all as a community in a country saying, guys, let's not make this a political issue. That's stupid. Let's all get on the same page and go. If we all tackle this aggressively, where we all wear masks and social distance, 
we can make a huge impact like what we've seen across in other countries. Obviously, not every country has it under wraps, but mm -hmm. and some countries have done better than others. But we're the United States of America. We're supposed to be the leader in all this stuff. We should have testing available for people within an hour. Yeah. Rapid testing is available. This should be administered in every state so that people can take care of themselves and we can resume, you know, normalcy. The problem is, is if we do things too early and we're not completely full, then it sort of makes the last seven months all for naught. We have record numbers today and yesterday of people dying and of people being infected in this country, right? What is the problem with saying? Well, he did, in all fairness, at his rally yesterday, he went full. Everybody should wear a mask and social distance. It's the first rally he's actually done it with. And I think that's uh, he's because it's but been a big political. But yeah, it, but it's been a big political issue. And um, uh, there's a lot of people that believe in, hey, we live in a free country. We should do whatever we want. We know the risks are COVID. Why should we go out and wear a mask? And, and there's a lot of people that Trump, believe that. You Trump know? is the lead. Listen, they will do whatever Trump says. Right? His followers will do whatever. Right, if he call. would flat out tell them to wear a mask, yeah. if they really, really stuck with that, every, all of them would wear a mask. I agree. Think I agree. America. Welcome to the mouthpiece. This is Mike and Daniel. What's going on? Aloha, Mike and Daniel. Hey, how are you? This is Drew in Hawaii. Drew, my there? buddy Drew, what's going on? I got a question for Daniel, man. Daniel, oh. first off, good luck with your upcoming match with Doug Polk. Thank you very much. And my question for you is, not that I want to go in a somber direction, but do you have any good stories? Because I was watching the video um, in regards to Mike Sexton. Um, any good memories um, that you can tell us about Mike Sexton? Oh, yeah. So I did that. You know, I thought you were going to say Sam Grizzle, who just passed away. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a few No, well, both of them. But basically, you were you were in the tournament, so you really had to talk pretty quick. So, you know, it was only like a couple minutes. So I'm wondering if you have any really good stories uh, that you can bring up about Mike Sexton. Well, I will just say about Mike, you know, everyone talks about this whole ambassador thing. And I think it's a silly term to call, like, poker players ambassadors i mean i don't i don't like the term for myself but if there is any if there is a poker ambassador if there ever was one it's 100 percent mike sexton there is no other poker ambassador this guy i remember from the late 90s had this vision of corporate sponsorship and making these things happen and he had the balls and the guts to actually go out and create these events first it was the tournament of champions later he tried to create sort of a uh, Ryder cup style format for uh poker players you know europe versus uh, america type stuff and then, of course, he moved on to the World Poker Tour, Party Poker, and continued to just be the guy who gave everybody, you know, gave everybody time. You know, like, uh, he was just a, a class act in every way. He's, you know, in poker, there's very few people that everyone looks at and goes, I like him. Everyone to a person like Mike Stexon because he handled himself with class and care. And I'd say the funniest story with Mike is like, and this was, I told this one already, but he, he got me good on the golf course, all right? Because, listen, as much as Mike is a nice guy, he also had hustle in him, all right? So I'm sitting there in the first tee, and Mike says, I'm a bogey golfer. Now, if you're a bogey golfer, you're going to shoot about 90. That's yeah. about your average, right? So Mike, he's, we also got Phil Ivey out on the course, and, you know, they have a big match going as well. So he birdies number five, six, and seven. He says, I'll tell you what, you know, I never birdie two holes in a row. Well, I never birdie three holes in a row. Goes on to shoot 75, which is not possible for a bogey golfer. He He's beats awesome. me for like 90,000 bucks. Um, but it's funny because I lost that money to him, and I didn't even feel bad about it because it's like, all right, whatever. You hustled me. Cool. Nice, yeah. you know, good for, good for you. Yeah, uh, that's what they say about golfers, you know. And, and uh, Drew, I appreciate you calling in. Uh, uh, you got um, uh, you got any good Sam Grizzle stories? You know, I told some last week. 
I'm uh, actually going to his funeral. His funeral is, uh, he's got a wake at 9, 9 a.m. I'm sorry, from uh, uh, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Tuesday. Um, you know, we all know that we've gotten along with Sam. We've, we know Sam's been kind of a little bit crazy in his life, whatever. But uh, what's your best Sam Grizzle story? Well, first of all, and I said this on my podcast yesterday, there's no, he's hands down, as far as I'm concerned, the absolute funniest, most witty poker player there's ever lived. There's nobody on his, on his tier. I agree. He comes with the funniest quips, funniest one-liners that I've ever heard in my life and like had me, has me in stitches all the time. And one of the things I think he gets a bad rap for is it's usually self-deprecating yeah. or like he's making fun of himself. You know, yeah. occasionally he's throwing jabs at other people too, but it's all, in, you know, for the most part, it's yeah, all in good fun. fun. Yeah. But I remember one where, you know, and this is just, this is an example of him being self-deprecating. He's, he was just playing one in 2000, right? For like a week. And, you know, things didn't go well for him. So I'm sitting, this is when I'm coming up. I'm playing 2040, you know, limit hold'em at the Bellagio. And here comes Sam and he's sitting in the 2040 game with me after playing one in 2000. So now he's sitting there, he's got a hundred dollar bill and like seven chips like 170 bucks and things are not going well. And he looks down and he goes, well, today I'm 40 and I'm playing 20 and 40. <laughs> Maybe when I'm 80, I'll be playing 40 and 80. <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right, let's take some more phone calls, you know. So, you know, listen, uh, uh, we have a caller on the line. Okay, welcome to the mouthpiece. It's Mike and Daniel. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, welcome to Mouthpiece. Hi, this is Stuart from uh, Joliet, Illinois. All right, welcome to the show, Stuart. Hey, I have a poker question for you. All right. I hate to change the subject, but... No, it's all good. Uh, hey, on episode 47 or 48, one of the two, you had made a comment that poker is a game of deception. Mm-hmm. And then one of the other episodes, you were talking about you know, one of your conversations with Doyle Brunson and some of the old-time, like, Texas Road uh, okay. poker players and how a slow play back in the day could end up being very unhealthy for you. Slow roll. Like slow roll, yeah. Somebody. yeah. Yeah, slow roll. So I, my question is two-part, I guess. First of all, what is your definition of a slow roll? And, and the other part would be if poker is a game of deception, why is a slow roll such a bad thing okay so you're getting the two mixed up uh we're gonna hang up on you and i'll answer the call uh, off the air here um uh when i say a a game of deception um to we you must you must make your opponent believe either you don't you have a weak hand when you're strong or you have a strong hand when you're weak that's the deception of poker a slow roll is when somebody literally has the best hand and is pretending he doesn't have it and you move all in and call and he laughs at you. Um, I think, and I think Daniel will think the same thing, is uh, the new age kids, it's just very, uneth- it's bad etiquette and it's just it's just not a nice thing to do. And, uh, and it's just, that's my opinion. Uh, what, what's your opinion on that, Daniel? So I think also the terms that he's getting mixed up are slow play right. and slow Correct. So slow play means like I flop the nuts and I check because I want you to bet. So I'm playing my hand slowly. Mm-hmm. Now that's a lot different than slow rolling someone. Slow Correct. rolling someone is, as Mike you know, described as, you know, the guy bets all of his money, you know, and it's a lot of money. And you're sitting there and you have the nuts. You have four aces. And you you hum and you haw. And you, right. like, yeah, so, so now just, you give this, this false sense of hope that he wins, right? Now you call. The guy turns his hand over, like in the movie. He turns over his hand and, and you stare at it and go, 
like this. And now he thinks he won the pot and you go, nah, eat it. I got you beat. Right. Exactly. So that's a slow roll. It's like low class. Yeah, I mean, it is. I guess if you're buddies with people and you know, you have that sort of going back with each other, I guess it's, it can be funny to some yeah, people, but overall it's, it's bad. For I would not do that to somebody. Like I just, it's not funny to me. No, I just don't think it's yeah. funny. Oh, I think we have somebody else on the line. Welcome to the mouthpieces of Mike and Daniel. Hello. Hello. Yo, welcome to Mouthpiece. What's hey. up? It's Got a... Brian from uh, Wisconsin. Okay. Hey, Brian. How are you doing? Good. So I want to kind of dig on you guys just a little bit. Uh, first, Daniel, I, I just don't understand your politics. I mean, to Andrew Yang, I mean. I like I Andrew Yang. I disagree with you on that. But go ahead. No, I'm just saying I have one and a half children that are their sexuality is in question. But to go from him to Biden is just like, what are you? I mean, no, you're all Biden, Biden, Biden. It's like, no. Well, he's not Biden. My, he's anti-Trump is what it is. I mean, in all fairness. Yeah. Boy, yeah, I know. I kind of get that. Yeah. But Mike, for you, I'm, I'm the bowling guy from the website. Oh, um, okay. Cool. I, I can't uh, understand how you're just like, I don't bet anymore. I don't bet anymore. Oh, wait, I bet on the World Series last year before COVID. I bet on the Super Bowl before COVID. But I don't bet anymore, and now it's uh, like, well, not, I bet on the World Series. I can answer that. I, I can bet, answer I that. Don't bet, I don't bet. I don't bet. Okay. Bet. That's a real good question. But when I bet on the, okay, so like I used to have a serious sports betting problem where I'd bet 5 and 10 yeah. and 20 and 50K on a game. I bet 1000 bucks. okay? So that's, uh, to me, I've made like three bets in a year. Um all for like a thousand bucks for fun. So that's when I say that. That's what you're, you're hearing. So um, yeah, but I, when you say I don't bet, you do bet. Yeah, so no, don't don't not bet. really. I mean, bet. when you're on a when you're on with uh, fifteen people in Cabo and everybody's betting on the game, and you want to be on the same side of them, and you bet a thousand bucks, that's a bet. Okay, if I was still betting, yeah. I'd be betting the football every week. I don't bet any football at all. Um, I don't even bet my pick of the week. I don't bet anything. Um, and when I bet the World so Series, I'm a diehard Dodger fan, and uh, I, I, you know, I joke around saying I bet this much or that much, but I don't tell the truth. Uh, I bet a thousand bucks, so that's all. Well, even though, yeah, I, I hit the same. I mean, I drink. You do drugs. I mean, you say I don't smoke anymore, but you smoke, and, and all this. I, mean, I, I don't. I mean, I smoke pot at night time to go to sleep. Honest is what I'm saying. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah. So. Um, Answer, you can uh, answer what that other question he asked you about. Uh... Oh, so how do I go from Andrew Yang? So Andrew Yang, I really liked it because he's forward thinking. He's very, very intelligent. And, you know, I think that the UBI is something that will ultimately be essential um, because I think as we have more automation um, and, you know, more competition from the rest of the world that you can do things with cheaper labor, like you know, call centers in uh, India, et cetera, that, you know, people are going to struggle here. So the UBI would ensure that people can get by and, and it actually there's evidence whenever they've done this it doesn't make people go oh cool i make twelve thousand a year i don't have to work it's just not not feasible because like how many people twelve thousand dollars a year is the poverty line right so um it's not like that's you know you wouldn't be balling if you were living off the ubi so how do i go from uh yang to joe biden well yang also is supporting joe biden and the main reason that i like joe biden is simply because i want a leader who I see as a decent, good man, who's actually compassionate and actually cares about people, but most importantly, has the humility to understand that he does not know everything. 
and that he needs to listen to other people and delegate, right? For me, the mark of a true leader is someone that can say, all right, listen, I don't know a lot about wind and solar as much as you do. Can you advise me on how this works? Can you advise me on the environment? Whatever the case may be. With Trump, as I said earlier, he constantly undercuts people and says things out of his ass, like, oh, maybe we'll put Lysol. You know, and then he always says he's joking, whatever. But like, I find his arrogance and boastfulness and this idea that he knows everything. He knows more about wind than anybody. I Nobody knows more about wind than me. Nobody knows more about this. I'm the least place. You know, he just, he's so rambunctious in that regard that it's impossible for him to delegate in a real way. So then he ends up having a bunch of yes men behind him because they're afraid that if they disagree with him, he will, you know, throw them out and you throw them to the wolves as he has done with pretty much everyone who's actually, you know, left right. his uh, cabinet. We got somebody else on the line. Welcome to the mouthpiece. This is Mike and Daniel. How's it going? Hello. Okay. Hey, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, we can. How's it going? Got a question for us. Yeah, you good, to, good. You to, uh, this is uh, Chris uh, from. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, so uh, big fans of both of y'all, and uh, uh, not a political question. And uh, just I wanted to uh, spin off of uh, last week with Phil Helmuth, and he made a. I've been playing poker, you know, since about 1998. Okay. And uh, my question is, he kind of made a comment when he was talking about um, how he didn't study for the uh, Magic or for the yeah. Antonio Esfandari heads up match that uh right. which i thought he'd he, lose because of he it. made a comment about reading about reading ability mm-hmm. and so i did a couple youtube searches today on like how do you get better at being a better reader of yeah. people and I, I feel like they don't talk about that much these days it's all about like gto and like all this other strategy but like how do you get better at being a better reader of people i think that's like a better skill than anything else i'm gonna answer it first and then daniel answer it and we'll uh answer it off the air we appreciate your question okay so my answer to that is i tell people this all the time is you can't teach talent reading ability is talent now if you don't have talent that's where you have to fall back on all the math and the GTO strategies, which if you play basic GTO and you don't have really good talent, you will be a winning poker player. As far, uh, what do you, what's your answer to that, Daniel? So I do cover some of this in my master class, um, but I do believe that this is something you can improve. And it is a talent and a skill that yes, you're right, Mike, that some people are more in tune with than others, but it's something that anyone can develop and learn. And essentially what you're looking for is patterns of behavior that are different and then trying to match those to the hands that you see. So imagine watching poker, right? Let's say you could watch Mike Madison and notice, okay, every time he, uh, you know, blows his chips in the pot, what does he normally have? And then you can look at all the data and be like, all right, well, when he does that, it seems like usually he's, he's got it, right. you know, or he's, blowing. and so whenever you see something that's outside the norm, that's something you can pay attention to. When right. I was very young, one of the things I like to do, and then I started to do this later in life, uh, just to practice poker is I would go to the mall and I'd sit on a bench in, and just watch people walk by. No, I'm not joking. I would really do this. And I would watch, look at what they're wearing, watch their shoulders, you know, see how they carry themselves and sort of think to myself, what kind of person is this? Right? Is this a confident person? Is this person that was likely bullied in high school? Is this someone who's afraid or, you know, is this, this guy full of it? Is he a big ego? Whatever the case may be. And um, that helped me in my career to just be able to sort of like read and understand people. Here's the thing. We all have the ability. We're born with it, right? When a baby's in their mother's arms, right? The baby can look at the mom, 
right? And sense, just from looking at their face, whether or not mommy's happy or mommy's sad, right? We can do that from birth. What happens is as we get older, we go further and further from those instincts that are, you know, there for this from the beginning. And we don't trust them as much. But like, how often have you ever met somebody where like within five seconds, they haven't even done anything to you, they haven't said anything, but you're like, you know what, I don't like this fucking guy. You don't even know why, because there's something subconscious that you're seeing that, uh, you know, is, uh, is real and you know well, let me ask something trust- isn't that profiling somebody isn't that like everything the democrats are against well you're not doing it based on the color of the person's skin uh-huh. you're doing it based on oh, mannerisms what and what you do. yeah okay so sure you know like and again i don't it's it's i mean you you, you can you can describe it as profiling if you want but it's not racial profiling right, it's right, personality right. No, I agree. I mean, you could tell. I mean, how often I'll tell people we're going to we have another call on the phone. We're going to get to you in one second. I tell people all the time, like, how often do me and you sit down at a table? Right. Whether it's a limit and I'll like any game. Right. You look around the table and you say the first thing you tell yourself is that's a weak spot. That's a weak spot. And that's a weak spot. Would you say 90 percent of the time you're right when you say that? Because I know well, I, yeah. think I, I feel yeah, I am. It doesn't take very long. So typically when I'm playing in a game or like, like these days when I play in high stakes games, you just know everybody. So there's right, really right, no spot. Yeah. yeah. Back when I'm, if I'm playing in like a 1500 world series of poker, I would say that the first 30 minutes to an hour of your session yeah. is the most important. I remember Mike sitting with you in a world series of poker event in the year, right around the year 2000, we're talking 20 years ago, we were playing in a limit holding tournament. It was a 5k. Okay. And I remember you played a hand, you were, you were like talking and you weren't paying attention as much as you normally do or whatever. And you missed something and you played this hand against this guy at the table and you, you, you tried to bluff him or something like that in a spot where I'm like, if you would have watched the first 20 minutes, this guy never folded once. Right. right? And like, I remember like look, looking at you and saying, is like, you know, if you would have paid attention, you, you wouldn't have lost this pot. No, you're right. Guy. You're right. And it's happened. And that, you know, I, I probably that tournament that uh, I got 14th in, and I think, uh, that, and I think you got like third. Um, that was the one where it, um, that Carlos, that was the one that the craziest hand that came up with, um, with the Syracuse Chris, Carlos Mortensen's wife at the time, says Cece, where we both had aces, kings, and queens, and then he and Syracuse Chris flopped queens full, Cece turned kings full, and I turned aces full, and everybody said river ace full. They all said, if you don't win this tournament, you're the worst. I think it was that limit hold'em tournament, but uh, no, I agree. Uh, and and you know, as far as like paying attention, like. Like, uh, I'll never forget when I won the Tournament of Champions in 05. Like, Hoyt Corkins, when he was strong, he took his chips, he moved them forward when he was raising the button. When he was weak, he moved them to the side. And the one hand, he moved them forward. I said, oh, he's got a big hand. And then Phil Helmuth re-raised. I said, uh-oh, I'm like, Phil's going to step in shit here. And they got it all in, and Hoyt had aces, and Phil had ace-king. And I asked, I remember asking Phil, I go, how did you know? How were you not aware of, of when he was strong or weak? So I do understand exactly what you're saying. Anyway, good at no limit hold'em. Yeah, we got another caller on the phone. Uh, you're live on the mouthpiece with Mike and Daniel. How's it going? Hello. Hello. How's it going? What's your name? Hey guys, uh, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, my question. <laughs> uh, congratulations with the Dodgers, Mike. Pretty yeah, cool. yeah, pretty sweet. Um, sweet. Dave, uh, my question is for David. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm thrilled to be talking to you right now. I've been a big fan, um, both to both of you guys. But uh, my question to you is about poker legislation going forward, like in the country. Um, what do you guys think? What direction it's going to be? You know, go 
And um, is it possible that uh, everybody can be playing online poker again as a whole? Um, I'll hang up and listen to your guys' right. answer. Now, I'll, uh, I'll answer my opinion on that first. Daniel can answer it second. Um, I do know that Sheldon Adelson has always been against online poker. Trump's always been pro-gambling casino, pro-online pro poker. He is now officially selling uh, all his stock in Sands. I think that is going to make a big difference on online poker being, uh, whether Trump's reelected or not, uh, of being uh, legalized in, um, in, Nevada, in the United States. Uh, Daniel, what's your opinion? Yeah, so I would not hold my breath to expect anything at a federal level ever happening, or even, you know, if it did, it would be five to 10 years out. What you, sh what you can focus on, and you can sort of uh, pressure your legislators, is going state to state. Correct. And not just going state to state, but then also working within, working across states. So right now, we're, we're developing a little bit of a foothold, right? Because we have Nevada, we have New Jersey, you know, you have Delaware, you have Michigan maybe coming on board, Pennsylvania starting to grow. If you can get the two big ones in California and New York, well, now you have a massive critical mass and you would see a real, you know, big surge in online poker here in the country. But I think it has to happen state to state. California is a tough one. I used to go out there to try to convince, uh, you know, legislatures and, and the, you know, the tribes to, uh, you know, get on board. And Pachanga specifically was a tribe that just didn't get it. They didn't understand how this is going to benefit them. They were worried about how it would affect their business. So California is kind of like a stalemate which is unfortunate because that's a you know huge economy, six world's six largest economy. Yeah. So I would say that unfortunately um, at a federal level, it's a lot more difficult. And frankly, this is the issue that I found when I spoke to a lot of these politicians is that they have a lot of issues on the plate, right? Online poker is not high on the list, right? Yeah. If you're in California, you're probably worried about water, you know, and making sure that, you know, you're dealing with droughts and fires and whatever the case may be, you know, in your state or your, um, your, your uh, constituents. Um, issues and online poker ranks very very lowly for them yep. however i tried to make the case for them like guys this is just free revenue that you can use yep. to pay for programs that you want to have because all these sites like they want to pay you want to pay taxes um so yeah i don't think you're going to see anything at the federal level for quite some time unfortunately yeah all right welcome to the mouthpiece uh this is micah daniel who's this yo what's up this is tanner tanner how's it going man welcome to the show hey Pretty good, Mike. I love watching your live streams, man. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it, man. Try and make a Daniel's yeah, I... funny to watch too. I mean, he threatened to stick somebody's teeth up their ass and shit. So I mean, uh, he's a uh, he's a good he's a fun uh, fun live stream to watch, also, man. No, no, I know. I like watching Daniel as well. Uh, my question is for Daniel. Uh, Daniel, could you talk a little bit about um, how Mike got in debt to you? When was that? What's that over? And do you have any alternatives on how Mike could possibly pay the debt back? Uh, we've already worked on that. Uh, that's old news, and uh, he's. Uh, I got ideas. Okay, so you could um, bet you on know. him. I'm bet. Hey, he's poop in the backyard quite often. So yeah. you know, maybe Mike can come around with a shovel, work off a couple bucks here and there. I don't know. No, no. Um, it's, it's funny as I, like I said. I, like. I said to Daniel, right? I'm like, okay, Daniel, like. Uh, I got ten thousand. You want? I can pay you off your debt right now. He's like, no, no, no. Bet it on me at four to one versus Doug, and then uh, pay me the whole forty. So, I mean, what am I gonna do? I mean, when a guy says bet on me versus Doug over paying him back, you know, I like the guy's confidence. Uh, so I did that. <laughs> I like it, Todd. Good luck, Daniel. <laughs> All right, my man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. All right, take care, guys. Yeah, that's uh, 
That's funny, but uh, no, I, uh, I, you know, I, 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 exp- I explain people that it's not. People think that I, oh, I get under it. I don't estimate Doug. I just know he's not four to one favorite. That's all. I mean, that's the bottom line. It's like, I mean, anytime you get a, if you're going to make a sports better on anything, if it, you know, it's like, uh, like in 2016 election, I knew Trump wasn't five to one favorite. He's about two to one. Fa- it's the, the line's about right right now, you know. But anytime you get the best of a number. You jump on it, and uh, that's why I bet on Daniel in this thing. So, um, anyways, uh, we have a lot of missed calls, I'm sure. We have a lot of missed calls. Okay. Uh, let's call. Let's, uh, well, we'll get back to them if we have to. We're going to take about five more calls, so here we go. Welcome to the Mouthpiece. Uh, this is Mike and Daniel. How's it going? Hey, guys. This is Mike from Philadelphia. Hey, buddy. Uh, so my question was, what are you guys' thoughts on the High Stakes Poker Show coming back? Um, what do you guys consider playing in the future, and what are some good some of the best memories you guys have from being on the show? Oh, that's a that's a great question. We'll answer it off the air. I appreciate the co- uh, question. Um, high stakes is back. Um, I was offered to play in it. I had somebody that wanted to stake me in it. I saw the lineups and I said to myself, uh, it just didn't look like very fun to me. I didn't see anybody that wasn't world class and. Uh, as it turns out, uh, Phil's been playing, and he said, man, that was like the toughest game I ever played, and nobody put a chip in the pot. So um, I uh, decided to, to, because of the fact that I have a the new guy that wants to put me in in all these big events, I didn't want to get 100000 200000 and make up with them in a game that there wasn't many fish in, so I passed on it. Um, what's your, Daniel, you're not playing uh, playing in Season 1 either, correct? Yeah, for me, it was a couple things. First, it was mainly because I'm so focused on this match and playing heads up, and I just didn't want to, you know, be distracted by doing anything else. But secondarily, it was like, um, you know, I have people in my life and people around me that uh, um, they're they're in the high-risk category for, you know, for potentially dying from COVID. So I want to make sure that I show them the respect of, like, not being loosey-goosey. And obviously, it's relatively safe environment. They do testing there, but... It is a large group. You know, you've got six or seven people and they're not wearing masks and all that stuff. And, you know, sometimes if, even if you test on the day, like someone could still have it and just yeah. not show up yet. So I thought for me, I'm like, you know, I can do the thing with Doug. It'll be me, him and one person with the jib. Seems like doable. Uh, but I felt a little uncomfortable about that uh, this early. Uh, but I am excited to see the show. I was down there the other day to, to check out the set. Looks great. You got Tom Duan. You got Phil Ivey. You know, you have a lot of fun. Um, you know, poker, I would imagine. I'm looking forward to watching it. I really believe strongly that a good poker show is one that is edited for TV. Is When you watch these, like, and I'm going to use Mike Matisseau as an example. Mike Matisseau, when you can edit him down into a show that's one hour, he's really funny and really good. When you have to watch Mike Matisseau for seven fucking hours and never shut his mouth ever, it's like... <laughs> Like, imagine Randall Emmett and Mike Matisseau. Okay? Oh, my God. Rand- Come on. Don't compare me to Randall Emmett. Anybody but him. Oh, my you God. You can edit these two guys. You're going to have some gold moments in a show. But if you have to watch a seven-hour live stream of these two guys, there's no no sense in it. Just, you can't do it. So, Edited poker uh, is definitely the way to go. Me and Maury talked about that. And, it, and the show comes out much better. So um, as far as uh, um, great moments we had together – uh, beating Daniel with uh, Pocket Kings Bowl against his nine ten was probably my great, the fun, the most fun one. But also after that one was when uh, when I had Ace Queen of Clubs and he had tens and I put it in and he's like I don't think you got it and I and I 
and uh, we run it twice. And then the first one with one pull to go, he goes, man, it sure is good to win the first one. And then boom, it came a club. I go, yeah, it sure is. And the second one came an ace. I ended up scooping that, but that was uh, one of my, our favorite memories, but uh, one of my favorites. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was a real favorite of mine. <laughs> <laughs> he has no favorites to beat me in a hand of high stakes poker because he didn't beat me. <laughs> All right. We got another call. What's going on? Welcome to the mouthpiece. This is Mike and Daniel. Hey, can you hear me right? Yeah, we hear you fine. Um, so I just had like kind of a two-parter question, but so my thoughts were, do you have any like tips for someone that's going to the World Series of Poker for the first time next year, like for 2021? And I guess my other question is like, is it going to even happen, you think? or uh, Daniel, you can answer that question. Well, so I think that well, we're hoping, right? I think it'll depend on a vaccine and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not a scientist or a doctor, so I don't know exactly when that'll happen, but I don't think you'll see the World Series of Poker in its natural state unless we address this COVID thing. It's just too many people. You're talking about, yeah. you know, sometimes 10,000 people yeah. in that convention. Yeah, one second. And poker is a game I that's... Uh, Daniel about... Uh, Hang on one second, buddy. Hang on one second, sir. Hang on one second. Go ahead, Daniel. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as I was saying... Oh, look, my puppy's trying to get up in the screen. <laughs> I believe my cat <laughs> hasn't come up yet. Oh, he's sleeping behind me, see, that's why. I don't think you'll see, like... Kind of what you see with poker now is the plexiglass, everyone wearing masks. It's probably just not no. worth it unless things uh, settle. So I'm hopeful that, you know, there will be one in the scheduled time next summer as long as everything goes well with this pandemic and we're, we're past it. And Mike said that November 4th, COVID ends. So um, No, I said so it ends on television. It doesn't end. It, yeah. you, you won't see CNN. COVID, 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 COVID. You won't even hear about it barely. That's all I was. That's oh, what my I God, Daniel. All right. So we got another caller. Um uh, this is, this is, this one sounds like it could be funny. Uh, welcome to the mouthpiece. This is Mike and Daniel. What's up? Hello? Hey Daniel. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. I mean, I, I'm not saying that you're like a malicious person, even though you're accusing a lot of people of maliciousness, but you just said today that, you know, yesterday was the greatest, uh, deaths in COVID. That was months ago. Infections and deaths or something else. And I'm a, person who was trained in the military did it for six years working in a lab and let me let me explain to you none of these lab tests are you know fda approved they're 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 temporarily approved and the equipment we use in the lab let me tell you like right now you're talking into microphone you turn off the game it picks up all the pops and sounds in your room now most of these labs have turned up the game on the machines so you're getting all these positives and positives don't mean death. So, please, you're a low-information guy on this subject. You're talking about uh, Trump being, I'm an expert on this. You're not an expert on this. I'm more of an expert than you, and I'm not an expert. So, can it with that, play poker, and get back to being nice, and apologize to the man and play Rochambeau, all right? You, got you did it, some dirty stuff to the guy on, on ESPN and apologize to him, all right? All right, my man. Take care. Who, <laughs> who do we apologize to? I have no idea. The dirty man on ESPN, man. I have no idea. That was funny, though. I, that was a very confusing call, but uh, yeah. yep. Good luck to you and your family. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we definitely wish you the best. That's the thing, you know, no matter what side of the political aisle you're on, man, and this is one thing that I think me and Daniel have much matured on is, uh, is listen, uh, we wish everybody the best. Uh, we're the, we are, we are the United, we are all Americans, you know, no matter what your politics are, we're all Americans. 
The division of politics in this country is disgraceful. Um, a lot of people say it's Trump's fault, but it's been like this way before Trump. Um, and it, but it's gotten really bad. According, like my girlfriend said, I was never political. She said it was really ugly in 2012. So, um, but it's gotten really bad. So, welcome to the, well, welcome to the mouthpiece. This is Mike and Daniel. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? Going good, man. Welcome to the show. I have a really good story. Okay, back in 06 when you were selling your book. Okay, that was 08. 08? Yep. yep. Okay, you sold it to me. You signed it. My wife was playing in the in the World Series. I went out to her car, and I read your book in an hour, hour and a half. Wow. So that wow. was pretty cool. Now, it gets even worse or better. Uh, I was at Jennifer Harmon's uh charity tournament for uh animals yep. and i sat at daniel's table and you mike sent a, a fistful of cash because you couldn't make it and i can't remember who you sent but he, he i remember that. pretty much stood over a table and said mike Madison sent this he can't be here and boom 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 cash was flying for our buy-in to yeah. buy in again yeah i, that I remember cool. that i remember that yeah i bought uh, I think I was there. I think you got the story wrong. And I just said, I'm going to, I took like two grand and I made, re, I gave rebuys to like 20 different people that was in the room that day. Yeah. I, do I was a recipient of your cash. Thank you. It's so generous. Yeah. You're welcome. So my uh, question is my wife plays on GG poker and she plays at about the 200 to $400 level tournaments. And she's doing really good and learning every day. She gets just before the final table. And she's very, very consistent. And if you could tell me, uh, tell us what's the best hot tips to get to the final table. I'll let Daniel answer that because he's been to more than I have. So go ahead, Daniel. Well, I mean, if she's getting there consistently, then she's doing a lot of things right, right? Because, you know, the real skill is in getting in those moments. And then as the blinds go up, you know, it's a lot more luck heavy. But if she's continually getting down there, sounds like, as I said, her strategy is really, really probably good for getting there now. What could be happening, and I don't know because I've never played with her, um, is that it might be a, a point where being a little more aggressive might be worthwhile, right? Because a lot of times it's not worth it to just try to fold, go from 14th to 11th. The pay jumps for me. You want to build a stack. So taking a few more aggressive lives, aligns, shoving it in people's faces a little bit, you know, being a little bit more willing to uh, you know, be aggressive in, on your way to the final table so that you get there, not as the short stack, but you know, with a meaningful stack that allows you to continually – get to the top three spots where all the money's at. So sounds like you're doing a lot of good things to get there consistently, as you said. And now I would say I would up the aggression probably uh, and put some pressure on other short stacks and, uh, you know, find ways to build your stack. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree on that. Um, so uh, as we're waiting for another call to come in, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this question. So what do you think um, of the COVID response of Sweden compared to the rest of the world and how low their numbers are. Do you think that they did the right thing or do we not know because we don't know the the um, results of like what the Yeah, so there's a couple things with Sweden that's interesting, right? Yeah. So you look at, you know, the death rate in Sweden and what's the difference between people in Sweden and what's in America, right? right. America is one of the fattest countries Exactly. In the world. That's what I tell people. Yeah. People in Sweden are actually physically healthy for the most part. I mean, they they, they focus more on that sort of thing. I think the best barometer is not comparing Sweden to America or the countries. It's right. compare Sweden to Finland and Denmark and the other Scandinavian countries that are very, very similar, the similar population, right? Mm -hmm. And then look at the numbers 
between them and, and their neighboring countries. And they're much higher than they are in the other countries, and both in death rate and infection. Now, having said that, we won't know yet exactly whether they did it right. You know, we'll find out, I right. guess, right, in yeah. time. Because what we've noticed, too, which is unfortunate, is that you would expect that because Sweden stayed open, that, you know, their economy wouldn't have taken as big of a hit as the surrounding countries. But right. they're very similar. So at this point, both economies in those that are being more respectful and careful um, versus, uh, you know, a little more, you know, freewheeling and open, the, the economy hasn't done much better in Sweden in that regard. Again, that may change in the third quarter of the year, or the fourth quarter, right. uh, and we might see something, um, you know, glaring there. But I do think that uh, somewhere in the middle is probably the right approach, which is for everyone to just be respectful of each other. Like, if no, people I agree. are wearing a mask, no, I agree. Just with like, you yeah. Just socially distance, be respectful, even if you think or if you don't believe that it's any risk to you whatsoever, right. to show the common courtesy to others who may, right? There's no value in being that guy that's like, no, oh, they'll never mask me. I won't do this. Da, da, da. Like, yeah. There are some people who are scared. Like I have a friend who has issues with her, with, with her kidney, okay? People yeah. with kidney trouble that get this have a 30%, like people that have had kidney transplants. You mean like, 30- you're, you're talking about Jennifer? I didn't say that, but okay. you did. Okay. <laughs> I'm just okay. saying, but people like that, they have a 30% death mortality rate. Yeah. That's fucking scary for those people. So, so, so think of your neighbor. Let's all be united. Let's kick the, let's kick this thing's ass. Let's not make it a partisan thing. Let's not fight over whether or not, you know, you should be mandatory to wear masks. Let's just all do it. Take one for the team. Be respectful. Be mindful so that we can all get back to normal a lot sooner. I agree. Okay. We got somebody on the call, on the line. Welcome to the mouthpiece. This is Mike and Daniel. What's going on? Hello. Hey, this is Jeff in Massachusetts. Hey, what's going on, Jeff? How are you? Good, good, good. Hey, I just want to thank you guys for being great ambassadors for poker. And, like, I've been a fan for, like, 20 years now and just started hitting Foxwoods out of nowhere and sat down at a one-two table just because I watched you guys. And just thank you for being out there and talking about poker because it's helped a lot of us just become fans and learn to play. That's awesome, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. That's all. Okay. <laughs> and, and then the political side, we all agree on 80%. You know, it's just the 80% of the stuff we all agree on. No, I agree. We, we do we all agree on, on 80%. Get a lot more done. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Eight, I, you know, I was yeah. talking to my friend Ashley last night. She's on the far left. Mm. And we, were, we literally talked about all kinds of different subjects like we do every night. And, um, and uh, it's true. We believe actually most of us agree 80% of the stuff. And uh, we're not near as divided as the media makes it out to be but uh i'll agree with you on that so i appreciate the call and uh thank you so much thank you guys yeah i mean uh i i do believe we're not near as divided as 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 they're making it out to be you know and i just think that that uh, we got to go back to debating issues instead of making it where it's life and death if you if you take the other side you can't that's just very unhealthy for the country do you agree daniel so I think that um, while it's true that, like you said, the majority of things you'll agree on, I think we're more divided than we've ever been. Because we're now, we, there was a time when, for example, you know, John McCain versus Barack Obama, where, you know, they were respectful of each other. Yeah. Uh, the country, you know, we could debate and discuss things in a, in a more rational way. And I think now people have been pushed into their camps. And um, there's a movie called The Social Dilemma. I think yeah, it's I saw called, it. that's on really kind of shows that if you are in your bubble or your feed, you're going to continue to get stuff to reinforce your opinion and push you further away. So social media, as much as it gives us this opportunity to connect, it also destroys Facebook, the like, you know, Twitter, all of it. 
Right. So really, when it comes to like where we are, um, we're at a place now where I don't think this has ever really it's been as bad. We're, we're on the brink. Really. I agree. So I'm scared. We're on the brink. I, 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 I agree. To be November, I believe this to be true. And I saw this article about what things looked like before the Civil War in terms of political unrest. Right. And I believe we're going to have more political violence and more problems in the street post this election, regardless of who wins. I and agree. That's a sad I agree. If because I mean, I've heard on both sides. Right. So yeah. obviously, if Trump wins, there'll be protests. There'll be all kinds of stuff. If if Biden is to win, you know, there's plenty of Trump supporters who have said flat out the only way Biden can win is if it's cheating. And if that happens, we will go to the streets to try to rectify. Oh, I've heard so it. have it on both sides. So no matter what happens, there will I be an agree. angry crew and it will bring out the other crew. And I think that we're, we're at a very contentious place. I think with a lot of with the covid thing and a lot of mental, you know, that 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 exactly. creates mental health issues for a lot of people. 100 percent. The people are in their last wits and we're at a venomous place. It's an angry place. I agree. Uh, I don't think here's the thing. I don't believe that four more years of a president who wants to divide us and the first president we've had in a long time that doesn't want to unite really wants to divide. I don't think four more years of that is going to put us in a better place coming four years from now. I do believe that uh, a guy like Joe is going to reach out to both sides in such a way and not always point fingers in the same way that uh, Trump does. Trump, this is a game for him. Like if you watch The Apprentice when he had the show, and I did occasionally, um, this is what he did. Like, you know, it's like, all right, you attack, you attack, you attack. You blame the other side. You blame, you blame, you blame. And this is an extension of what he did on that show. And uh, I think it's just bad for the country where we can't, you know, like you said, look at policy, look at issues. It's like that's become so secondary. We're in the mud. We're in the dirt about a, a laptop from Hunter Biden. Or, you know, Trump and his Jeffrey Epstein and all. It's like all this gossipy, stupid shit about him banging Stormy Daniels and whatever. Yeah. Like all this stupid shit that all networks. I don't watch network news, by the way. So yeah. a lot of people like, oh, you're listening to CNN. I do not watch CNN. It's on my TV occasionally. The one show I watch every night is I watch BBC World News. So I know what's going on in Uganda and in France and in Denmark and in Sweden and in Australia and in New Zealand. Not just what's happening here in America. Because whether it's CNN, MSNBC or Fox News, understand one thing. They are profit-driven. They are driven to do this, to create and as much reality TV drama as possible, to push it and promote it and pull us all apart. So when Doyle says, you know, like I always tell just turn it all off. Like turn it all off and start reading, actual yeah. reading, verified information. And honestly, I think, you know, everyone's going to say, oh, BBC's left. It isn't. Watch BBC. They don't even focus on America that so much. We got, we got another call that's on right now, and I'm going to ask you. I'm going to get back to that in a second about reading. Uh, welcome to the mouthpiece. This is Mike and Daniel. What's going on? Yo, what's up, Mike? What's up, buddy? How are you? Good, man. It's Frank. I'm in Vegas, man. We got a ticket tonight. Oh, hey, Frank. How are you? Pretty good, man. What you guys up to? What's happening? Oh, we're just uh, shooting the shit, talking about Daniel's upcoming match with Doug. Talking a little what politics. Is it tomorrow or the next day? Uh, I think it's the day after um, uh, the election. I think they start Wednesday. Am I correct, Daniel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're starting on Wednesday. Have so. you all agreed on how many hands you all are playing? Is it 25K, correct? Yep. Yeah, 25,000 hands. I don't know. I, uh, what, what was your question? Has the line, the betting line moved on it? Uh, I think it's about, I think you can still get four to one. How do you feel, Daniel? What do you think uh, a fair line would be, honestly? I mean, I, I think, honestly, you're an underdog. 
in the situation because uh, I, I have a heads up no limit background, but in sit and go, it's not much in cash. But um, I think like the three betting and four betting frequencies and button opens are going to be super important to balance. What's your game plan going in? Well, to be honest with you, like you, because you play sit and goes, you, you know, it makes sense that you would say that because typically sit and goes get to a place where you're doing a lot of shoving all in. Right. But in terms of getting for betting frequencies for like a deep stakes cash game, it's basically solved for the most part. And it's not that difficult to, 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 to employ. It's not like one of us is going to have like this massive advantage because it's very easy to use a randomizer if you need to, to get the frequencies. It's, that's not, that's not, that's not what will be the deciding factor of the match. As far as where I see the right line, it's hard to say, right? I have a lot of work to do, um, as I said. Um, I definitely feel like a significant underdog, and I've had some moments of confidence followed by moments of, like, you know, stress over, like, you know, just this isn't going to go well. So ultimately, I'm going to put in my best effort, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm not sure. I, I, I have to think 4-1 to is a good bet, right, based on the work that I'm putting in. But again, ultimately, it's going to come down to whether I can execute or not. Yeah. That makes sense. Right, that makes sense. I got one last question for you. I'll let sure. you guys go. Okay. Um, how do you feel? What like you? What do you think your game plan would be going in? And how do you? What do you think his is going to be? And how would you uh, plan on like counter reacting that? Well, I'm sure he's not going to tell you his game plan going in. Uh, and I'm probably. My, oh, I got my, you. What yeah. do you? What do you think uh, Doug's going to be coming and doing? Okay, so my game plan will be to only play the nuts, never bluff. There you go. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. go all in no uh in all seriousness i think what will happen is you know we're both just going to play the way that we play most likely right whatever game plan that we have and then likely sort of take a look to see what's working what's not make adjustments if necessary on the fly um and i think it'll be kind of like you know when you think of a boxing match in the early stages where both guys kind of dance and throw little jabs and just kind of see what's there you try this you try that that makes sense yeah evaluate after yeah so you all are playing so 100, I, 200, or 200, 400? Two tables of 200, 400. Do you have a uh, like projected amount um, that you would expect to win or lose at 25K hand playing uh, that, those stakes? No, I mean, I don't, no. I mean, obviously, you know, it could go a lot of different ways, but I don't, you know, I, I, I'm, no, I haven't can, given that Can much. I ask, I'll ask, uh, we're going to hang up with you. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Um, I'm going to, uh, I have to, I'll ask you this question, Daniel. Um, d- did you say, okay, so let's say you both buy in a hundred big blinds and then you win, you have 200 big blinds or vice versa. And it, they can only buy in a hundred at a time. Is that what it is? Well, basically we're playing hundred big blinds deep with auto top up. So okay, you start with say with 40,000, you put in a $400 big blind. And you fold, okay. Well, you're gonna add four hundred dollars. Auto top, automatic. Okay, yeah. got it. Okay. So, the, so the stacks, the longer the, the longer the sessions go, the deeper the stacks would be, Correct. right? So, yeah. you know, if I go, if I beat him in an all-in pot, now I have like two hundred big blinds. He has a hundred. Then if you know he beats me for one, he's got two hundred, and I'll have like two hundred. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, just yeah, continue. yeah. So you guys will probably be a couple thousand big blinds deep halfway through, right? I, I don't know about that because we're going to reset them after you know each session. It's not like oh oh that's big. That's a big that's that that changes that's a, that that changes a, a dynamic that I think favors you a little bit too, right? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's uh, that, <laughs> I gotta that's, go, that's, bro. I got to actually get to work and I got to study. Yeah. So um, anybody else? We're going to take one more phone call. Uh, anybody wants to call in right now? No, we're not going to call anybody. Missed. Uh, if they want to call in now, uh, call in now. 
Uh, we're going to take uh, one more phone call. Daniel's got to go to work, um, uh, and uh, we, need, we need him to win because I'm all in on him uh, winning this match. Uh, so I, that's my monthly uh, pay my rent for the month. You know, If he wins, if he loses, uh, uh, well, it'll just be an extra month before I pay him back 10 more thousand. <laughs> Mike's too dumb to be a scammer. <laughs> it's true. I am too dumb to be a scammer. All right, let's get this call. Welcome to the mouthpiece. Uh, you're on the line with me and Daniel. What's up? What's up? Turn your thing down. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was the recording again, Mike. No, 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 no. We're live, man. What's going on? Oh, good. Good to hear from you, buddy. Uh, uh, I heard a story a long time. Uh, Daniel told the story about when he got uh, uh, beat by the golfer, the bogey golfer. Uh, that you know shot seventy five or whatever. That was Mike Sexton. I, I just <laughs> yes, uh huh. I heard a story on Daniel. It, it might be a myth. I I don't know. It was a, a story about some. Uh, he had some friends over to the house and he he beat them up. Uh, they brought a friend and he beat them playing pool for some num- pretty good numbers a few times and then uh, it was all a lay down hustle and then uh, they uh. They were putting down a lemon, and then he uh, he uh, got took off for a big number, and then uh, kind of refused to pay, and I think just kicked him out of the house. <laughs> I just wondered if that story was a myth or not. I mean, I can't even remember who I heard it from. It's been so long. I did ago. hear something about that. What is that story, Daniel? Is that any truth to that? What is the story that I played a guy pool? Yeah, at your house that you hustled out of money. This is completely not real. Okay. <laughs> this is there you go. legitimate definition of fake news. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You are fake news. Oh, there you go. Trump just even said you are fake news. There you go. Yeah. What, what, was it a myth? Yes. It yeah, never happened. Okay. I just always wondered. I mean, I, you know, anybody can be hustled. I, I, I didn't know. I just always wondered about this story, you know. Yeah. And he told the golf story and it made it remind me but anyway mike you're a great interviewer buddy great all right man interviewer. i hey i appreciate really the call good to talk to you. Th- and thanks for calling in the show i've I been within it. arm's reach of you i've been around you a lot but uh not lately <laughs> you got it my man <laughs> but well, thank you so much you. okay great interview great god job bless. glad god to bless, see you man. on buddy thanks you got it uh, all right man well um i think we're gonna uh finish up uh so you know uh I uh, wish you the best, Daniel. Um, I hope you win this match. I consider you one of my close friends. We've had a lot of fucking differences. But I know you know I'm fucking a good guy, and I try my best. And people, you know, a lot of people like to come on my show, and they'll rip on you and say bad things. And I always say, you know, you don't understand. Daniel will do anything, anything for anybody. I said, and just because you disagree with him politically doesn't mean that he's a bad guy. So... You know, I uh, I say that with all sincerity, and uh, I just want to say that. I, yeah, that's I, been my go-to with Twitter lately. Is like, you know, someone says I hate you, blah blah blah, and I'm like, well, you know, I wish you all the best in your family. Exactly. Like, it's you know, fortunate that we're at that place where if we disagree politically, we have to hate. Um, yeah. But no, hey, it's terrible. Like- it, it is terrible, and it, and, and 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 it's you know, it's like I I just. I, I have respect for somebody. You know, if they say they like somebody for somebody, I'll say, okay, I disagree. 
you know, and I'll try and t- make my points why I disagree. And uh, it's very healthy. Uh, that's why if you go, even if you watch like cable news, which he says, is, you know, like I agree with Daniel, it's really bad to do. They always, they used to always bring people on from each side of the aisle and they'd have an honest debate. Um, Chris Cuomo does that a lot and so does Tucker Carlson a lot. Uh, but I'm just trying to say is, is uh, we've gone so, or we're gotten away from the fact that you can't debate. It's like, it's your way or the highway or the world's going to end. And guess what? Well, Trump- what happens is you end up in pure whataboutism, right. right? So, for example, we could say, all right, did you know this person did something bad? Okay. Do right. you agree? And they're like, well, what about that person who did something bad? I'm yeah. like, we're focused. Can we focus on this one first? Can you at least acknowledge that, yes, what this person did was bad? Okay. Right. Agreed. Also, this person did that. But what happens now is there's always deflection. And so there's no real genuine, honest conversation about it. So like, for example, right, like we can just talk about, let's say, for example, infidelity. Trump was having sex with a porn star without a condom, paid her off, cheated on his wife, all that kind of stuff. Right. So can we just say that that's not right? Not, not, not nice. Right. right. Yes. Bill Clinton did the same thing. Right. I agree. What he did with Monica Lewinsky and getting a blowjob or whatever, yeah. he cheated on his wife. That's not OK. Can't we just get to that place? But what ends up happening is I might say, you know, Trump was out of line with what he did with certain animals. What about Bill? What about Bill? What about what about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about it? I am not talking about him. I'm talking about your guy right now. No, Do you I agree. Can we just get to that point? I I agree, and 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 unfortunately, if we don't get there, we are going to end. I, I'm I'm a, you know people ask me about the election, uh, and you know even though I am not a Trump, you guys think I'm the great biggest Trump supporter. Uh, I'm not okay. I support his policies. And we, me and Daniel, we, you know, we're, we're able to differentiate. We could talk politics and policy or whatever. Um, and, but there's a lot of things I don't like about Trump. But the truth of the matter is, is I'm very, very, very worried for this country come November 4th, whoever wins. And, and, uh, and that scares me more than, than who's going to win the election. And, uh, you know, Daniel touched on that earlier today. And, uh, I think, uh, you know, we could end this podcast by saying uh, to everybody, let's just pray for the country. Um, if Trump's elected, we're all going to, nobody's going to die. If Biden's elected, no matter what the other side's telling you, the country's not going to be changed forever. We're all going to be fine. So, you know, both sides pushing that it's the end of the world. If either side wins, it's, it's just not, you know, so let's all try and get along. And, you know, I think that's the best way to put it. What do you think, Daniel? Appreciate that. That's a good one. Time for me to get a snack in. My team's waiting for me, ready to get some work in. You got it, my man. Daniel, thanks for coming on the podcast. I wish you the best of luck. I love you. And uh, make me some money, man. (laughs) Do my absolute best. I know you will, buddy. That's why I'm betting on you. Thanks a lot, my man. Take care. Thanks, buddy. All right, man. That was uh, my man, Daniel. Real kid poker, Negreanu. Um, Whether you're... I know a lot of people listen to my show, big Trump supporters, and they're going to disagree with Daniel on a lot of issues. But that's fine, man. You know, we're, we're here. And, and you can just see how much both of us have grown up in four years. And I'm 52. He's 43. He was 39 or 44 now. He was 40. I was 48. And um, four years ago, we were uh, we, we went from best friends to enemies over politics and it just shouldn't happen in any in any fucking world, especially in the United States of America. And the fact that we're able to talk and get along with there is pretty good. Now, I am going to take Daniel up on that bet 
um, once uh, his uh, match with Doug is over, where we we both listen to Fox News for a week and we both listen to CNN for a week. You listen to CNN and he listens to Fox. Right, and 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 we both listen and we and we go over certain issues. And I guarantee you, this is going to be great because I guarantee you, eight out of ten things I'll be able to prove that CNN says is a fucking lie and that I don't believe he'll get more than two out of 10. Now I will be able to be able to disseminate propaganda on both sides and realism. Um, I could watch lots of CNN and, and, and MSNBC or, or, or Fox. And I could tell you every time Fox is talking propaganda and every time the other side's talking propaganda. So um, as poker players, um, I think it's really important to, uh, to be able to to see that, and um, I think Phil Helmet is calling me. He must have lost a big pot. Let's call him and put him on the line here. See what he has to say. Hold on a second. Let's put him on the microphone here, real quick. I won't. This should be funny, guys. Uh oh, no answer. He must have just needed to like to uh, spout and go crazy. He must have lost a hand or something. They're filming high stakes poker right now. Okay, let's see what he uh, what he wrote back to me here. I need to continue to play super super tight. It's not hard. It's obvious. Okay, I agree. Agree. How are you doing? See if he's uh, winning or losing. It's, uh, uh, I don't know. Whenever he starts calling in between matches, I worry. But um, yeah, so uh, you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's just like I said. Um, I, uh, I, you know, one thing you could say that whether you agree with Daniel's politics or not. I mean, I, I mean, I love Trump for his. You know, his honesty in some situations, but his bullshitting and his divisiveness with his tweet, Twitter, attacking people on Twitter, I just think it's just so unhealthy for our country. Um, but as far when it comes down to policy, you know, um, we have a big policy differential, me and Daniel and me are Democrats. And I believe that uh, that the Republicans, even though they're fucking dirtbags, too, I mean, I just think they're all dirtbags. I think both sides are fucking dirtbags. And uh and I think that if this country had term limits on everybody, I mean, well, why we don't have term, and the reason why we don't have term limits because they'll never pass laws for term limits. That would mean they they're out of a job, and they want to consistently fucking put in lots of millions of dollars in their pockets and 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 just fuck the American people. And it's I think it's a disgrace. Um, and um, you know, uh, it is what it is. You know, uh, I um I uh. You know, I think uh, I, I think Trump's going to get a big turnout. Uh, you know, it's, we're, we're, this will be my last podcast before Tuesday. Um, I, I I believe that uh, that it's going to be razor close. Um, and uh, you know, it's not like Trump wants to go to the courts. Uh, it's not like he wants to. You know, it's funny that this is where I'll disagree with Daniel on. We talks about 
mail-in ballots and, and they're, we're trying to stop voters from being in. No, you've had fucking a year and a half to get your fucking ballots in, okay? You get your ballots in before election day, okay? The Democrats passing laws to let extra, all these ballots come in after election day. Well, why are they doing that? The same reason why they don't want voter ID. Because if they have, you know, if you want free and fair elections, you put universal voter ID out and you can only get that if you're an American citizen. Why won't the Democrats pass that? They say it's racist. No, it ain't racist. You have to, you need an ID to go everywhere. Okay. So do I agree with Daniel that they're, they're, the Democrats gerrymand about votes? Absolutely. But do I, but you got to look at the, again, you can't be a partisan. You got to look at the other side. The, de- the fucking Democrats fucking steal elections by fucking with illegals. And they'll say, well, there's no proof. There is proof of that. Okay. They just don't, you, they, they won't show it on mainstream media. Okay. You don't, you think that everybody in California with what they're doing to that state with lockdowns and, and all these strict restrictions are all voting. I mean, there's parades with thousands of people in, in California for Trump. Okay, it's not 90%. The reason why they win everything in California is because they got illegals that are stealing elections. So, do, again, I agree with Daniel with the gerrymandering with votes. It happens. And if you're a Republican and disagree with it, you're fucking just lying. But the other side does the same thing with illegals and gets all kinds of thousands and thousands of illegals to vote. So, uh, you know, to me, it equals itself out. Um, but I do believe there should not. Uh, I believe there should be universal voter ID. Uh, it sh- even it shouldn't be state by state law. I think everybody should be. It costs the government twenty cents, literally twenty cents, to send anybody who requests a voter ID. They will give them a voter. They could go to the DMV, take the picture, and your voter ID will be sent to your house. And you show up at the polls. I went to the polls today. I I got my sticker. I voted. Um, where is my I voted sticker? Oh, it's on my, it's on my, uh, go get it. It's on top of my, uh, my uh, countertop there. I had to wait three minutes in line. Okay. No, in my, on top of my uh, armoire. It's on top of my armoire in my room. Uh, I had to wait uh, literally three minutes in line and walked right in. Everything was social distance. Everything was safe as can be. There was no chance that I could get COVID where I going to, to where I went in uh, to vote. And, um, <laughs> And when the Democrats started pushing mail-in voting, mail-in voting, mail-in, mail-in, mail-in voting, first of all, they like to say, um, and this is, again, where I feel Daniel's very uninformed and I didn't want to get into it because we're good friends, I didn't want to get in a political fight, is is that, yes, in Nevada, you get a ballot in the mail, okay? You, you, what you, when you do is you ask for an absentee ballot in almost every place in the country. They send you an absentee ballot. You have to verify it's you by signature, okay? But what did Nevada do this year? They sent a mass mail-in ballot out to anybody on the voter rolls, okay? I, do you know how many people don't even live here on the voter rolls? There's going to be people getting double ballots to their new houses because— Fuck, I, I'm registered in a different address. Lots of people are doing that, okay? Then they have to go in. Then they can sit there and they can vote with their ballot. And then they can go in and vote twice at a booth as long as you don't say it. They ask you. Now, in Nevada, when I walked in without my ballot, I had to sign. I did have to sign to say that I um, I didn't have – I lost my ballot and I'm not voting twice. I had to show my ID. That was very secure, but how many people are going to send their ballot and then go and go in and say, oh, I don't have my ballot and just sign the thing. I mean, you really think they're going to 
you does anybody really think they're going to be prosecuting those people? That's all I'm saying. Uh, uh, and this is the point where Trump was trying to say is is um, absentee ballots good? They're great. Mail in ballots that's just unconstitutional. I mean, you're you 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 literally supposed to to um, when you want to vote. That's why it's called get out the vote. That's why the campaigners go out there to get people out to the polls to vote, right? when you're sending them a ballot to their house and this is why I uh, you know uh, where why why me and Phil Hummuth were talking the other day and, and he don't think Trump's gonna win is he says it's just so easy to vote he goes you get on social media and this is again where I want people to vote but social media I don't want to deal with any bullshit on yeah. social media that's funny and uh and uh, you know, he, he said you click on Facebook. You click on you go by the fourth time. There's a thing that says vote, 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 and finally you clicked on it, and it tells you exactly how to send a ballot to your house. So all the lazy people that don't want to go out and vote are just going to fill out those ballots and put in for the absentee ballot and vote. And uh, you know, that's it's good for democracy, but it's also why Trump's not going to win because nobody. I mean, I hope he, he does. I mean, even though I have a lot of things against Trump. Um, and I'm not a, I'm really not a Trump supporter. I mean, I, I, as a person, but uh, I believe his policies are better for the country. And I believe that in that way. And I have to ask myself when I want go to the polls to, you know, can I deal with his, a lot of his things that he says? I know a lot of Trump supporters think it's funny and it is, it is. A lot of it is funny, you know, but sometimes he takes it too far. I mean, and, and, and nobody in America should be attacked on Twitter because they disagree with the president, nobody. And uh, that's why I agree with the liberals and I agree with Daniel. Um, but uh, with that said, um, I, uh, the policy, it's all about policy to me and I, I don't believe the Democrats have the right policies. So, uh, but that, again, we can uh, debate them and uh, that's what a healthy uh, democracy does. Um, but uh, I was very secure. I, I had to sign like three things when I went and voted and it took me about five minutes to vote today. And uh, I did. So um, here it is, you guys. My I voted sticker. Woo. It's only the second time in my life I voted. Uh, I didn't want to. I actually wasn't going to vote. I got a phone call threatening me that if I didn't vote, they were going to kill me. Uh, so I voted. Um, I won't tell you who that came from. So um, anyways, uh, we touched on a lot of things today. Uh, it was really good to have Daniel on. Uh I believe he's uh, prepared for the match, and I, I do believe he's a dog, but I do not believe he's a four to one dog. I mean, I don't believe Doug's gonna beat him four out of four times, you know. So Daniel only has to win one out of four times to break even. Well, I'm gonna take my chances that he does, and I think it's uh, like I said. Anytime you're betting on somebody, it's a dollar fifty dog, and getting four to one uh, the, when you, you're gonna take that all day long, right? It's just basic math. You know, basic math. There's just, first of all, even if, I don't believe even if Daniel didn't work hard on his game, that he'd be a four to one dog. I believe maybe two to one. As much as he's worked on the game, I, I think four to one is, uh, you know, pretty bright. So, you know, a lot of things going on in politics, a lot of crazy things. Um, uh, you want to take a couple more calls from anybody or what do you want to do? You want to call it a day? Oh, we are two hours already. God, time flies when you're having fun. All right, everybody. Listen, man. My pick of the week this week is, uh, who did I pick? San Francisco, plus three and a half. San Francisco, plus three and a half. We're at three and four on the year. Um, I really want to win this week to get to four and four. 
Um, I know Seattle, they're coming off a loss. They were on a bye last week. You see how terrible their defense is. They're ranked like second worst in the in the country. I don't see them beating San Francisco, but I might be wrong. Give, give me three and a half of Frisco pick of the week. Um, I've been in this contest I do every week. I'm like fourth to last and the worst, but that's what I do. That's why I don't bet anymore. Uh, but I do throw a bet in once in a while for 500 or 1,000. Um, and But people don't understand when I say I don't bet anymore. Like the minimum bet I ever made my whole life was 5,000. So I would bet five to 50,000, okay? I don't bet more than 1,000 bucks. That's it. So, uh, and I don't bet very often. I've made, uh, uh, let's see, about five bets this year. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm cured from sports betting, don't worry. The chances of me ever betting sports again is zero. Like zero, because I know how hard it is to win a bet. I, I work with the best, so... Um, Oh, they don't need a running back, buddy. I mean, somebody said 49ers have no running back. I mean, you plug and play with that offensive line, uh, they'll uh, they'll be fine. So, uh, yeah, I mean, um, listen, it, it, just remember, I know a lot of people are like, oh, Biden's going to throw down fossil fuel. Um, he had to go way left on the election to get the crazy Bernie people Um and Trump's pushing that. And he did say he's going to, but I don't believe he will. Uh, these politicians will do anything to get elected. Um, but I, you know, I tell people it's real important. Like, if, you know, like I, I, I quit taking sleeping pills like a year ago. So I smoke a little pot when I go to sleep. Um, usually take one hit, sometimes two. And, uh, and then I watch a Trump rally or a Biden rally. And uh, or, or Biden speech, and I don't go by what people think or the polls, okay? But if you listen closely, and and, and I want you to understand this because there's like 40 million people who are going to vote that don't have a clue what's going on in the world, that's just going to pick a candidate, okay? And you ask yourself, well, what message sounds better? And if you listen to a Trump rally and you listen to the Biden messaging, the Biden messaging, even though I know he's completely full of shit, okay? They're both full of shit. If you listen to the Biden messaging, it is more uplifting than the Trump messaging. Now, with that said, I don't believe anything that out of fucking Biden's mouth is fucking true. I, he'll do anything to get reelected or to get elected. But you have to ask yourself, tell yourself, what messaging sounds better? In 2016, Trump's messaging just sounded better. You know, I'm with her, okay? What, what the fuck is I'm with her, right? That just sounds like, a, like, like she's a woman. You're voting for her, right? Trump ran on, build the wall. Mexico will pay for it, whether they did or not, but he built the wall. Uh, he ran on immigration. He ran on uh, going after China on with tariffs for for ripping off America. Uh, he ran on um, uh, repeal and replace Obamacare, which Obama, uh, McCain shot down at uh, two in the morning because he hated Trump. So he ran on things and uh, everything he ran on except for like one thing he got accomplished. Um, but if you listen to what, he, what, what they're running on right now, 
the messaging coming out of the Biden camp, which I, again, I believe every part of my bone is just complete bullshit to try and convince the American people, look me, I'll get rid of COVID. No, you won't. You ain't going to do shit. Okay. Operation Warp Speed is going to have the vaccine out in the middle of December. Um, and uh, oper- um, the uh, therapeutics are all going to are, are helping reduce the, the death toll in the country. Uh, if Biden takes over, all he's going to be taking over what Trump's already done. He ain't doing anything different. So they're running on COVID, COVID, COVID. And uh, I don't know. People see Trump is, is a political genius. So it's going to be funny. To, I don't think his message is correct. I think uh, my, my message is more on the side with Daniel is wear your mask. It's important for the country. Help slow the spread. Um, Trump's message is we're all American. We know what the virus does after all this time. We know what's good. We know what's bad. We, we're in control of our own lives. Let us have, we, we live in a free country. We want our freedom back. And I like that message, okay? But you can have that message of we live in a free country and want our freedom back by also telling people it's, you know, wear masks, social distance, and it's better off. Now, he did that yesterday or today. I listened to it at today's Trump rally. He was all about wear your mask, social distance. Uh, and I've listened to a lot of his Trump rallies, like all of them. <laughs> and this is the first time he really went hard on that uh, because it's spreading. And again, these are the things where I do agree with Daniel on. So um, listen, we could agree to disagree in the world. We'll be back next week. We're going to have a new president of the United States or we're going to have Trump's second term in which I held my nose and voted for him. Uh, And uh, hopefully uh, that'll happen. Um, My instincts is Biden will be president. I, my instincts are wrong a lot. I hope I'm wrong this time um, again, but uh, I don't want to bet on it. So uh, we'll see you all next Thursday or Friday for episode 56 of the Mouthpiece Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you all enjoyed it. God bless you. Thank you, Daniel Negrano, for coming on. We wish him the best of luck. Take care.